0: Hey guys, you're listening to B-Plus with Brayden Zimmer, and this is episode two, and I have two great guests on today, Zach Coben and Brendan Landry. Hello. Say hello! Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess we'll just get right into it. Oh, I guess no. first, how do I know you two? Um, so how do you know me, Zach? Uh, well, we went
1: to elementary school together, I guess, mm-hmm. starting from grade five and I mean we weren't always super close but definitely there was went in and out of friendships and we're pretty close to this day
0: I would have always considered him my best friend (laughs) (laughs) No, um, and I think in we did the accelerated math down in grade 8 and I think in grade, in the 8th grade I think we had like an identical course schedule or something, I don't know if we were in all the same sections but we had
2: like, I I remember thinking wow we're so alike oh yeah, (laughs)
1: that's awesome
2: what about you? What about me? Uh, well, um, I was definitely that uh, weird kid on the outs all the time, you know, uh, in Uh So definitely um, having to like memorize kids from uh, soccer because that's all how I met mm. people. So I definitely saw you just running around and uh, we never really got to know each other. But uh, I think through like grade 10, grade 11, grade 12... You know, just started to get to know each other from like parties, and then playing sports, and then mm-hmm. that's when we'd meet at like randerson and kick a ball around, stuff like that. So, definitely, definitely great that we met, because you've got a lot of skills. A lot of, <laughs> <A> lot. <laughs> I bring a lot to the table. I <laughs> do bring a lot to the table. Um, sure.
0: Yeah, I, don't, I don't, probably shouldn't have made you guys introduce yourselves. That was probably a amateur learning you know, on my part. This is a, this is a learning. <laughs> it's a learning game. It is. I love how you said to. Yeah, I saw Brayden running around out there on the field, and that's totally right. No, it's totally
2: right. <laughs> no skill. <laughs> just having Don't fun. read into the words. Uh, Don't read into the
0: words. Just sell yourself short. <laughs> Little star out there. We should get right into sports, because it's one thing that we all met. Like we, It's how we, well, definitely with Brendan, um, it's how we sort of got to know each other. Yeah. Um, you guys both, would you both say soccer was your main sport growing up? Oh, yeah. Definitely, yeah. Where did you guys get your beginnings in soccer?
1: Uh, I think uh, I a lot of kids, you know, get into soccer pretty young. Mm-hmm. So I was the same way. I started playing soccer when I was five. And then Whoa. as, like, you grow older, I think we started playing rep soccer when we were, like, we met each other through soccer. House league. Through house league. And then my mom was a single mom, so I always needed someone to carpool with. So
2: Great for me. Brandon, <laughs> Brandon, Brandon, <laughs> Extra <house>. friend. <laughs> And then we started
1: playing <laughs> rep soccer together and just kept doing that until Yeah. It was that.
2: Yeah. I think soccer is one of those one of those great sports because it doesn't hinder you from like money. Like everyone can mm-hmm. pretty hopefully can pretty much, you know, you could find some cheap cleats from Value Village or someone's got some cleats that they're not wearing. Like you don't need some top of the line no. three hundred dollar ultra light shoes just to go out there and kick a ball in the dirt. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Plus, need some new like shin pads. You can also those things are like fairly cheap. You can get them from Walmart, stuff like that. Whereas, I always wanted to play hockey growing up, but uh, I never could understand why. Coming from a family of like four boys, mm-hmm. five boys, um, <laughs> I was not including myself. Uh, <laughs> um, I was always like, why can't I play hockey? You know, just seems like so much fun. Like everyone's playing hockey, but I didn't put two and two together about. We're always growing, you know, you're going to have to pay for new gear pretty mm. much every, every year because you you're just growth spurts, stuff like that, whereas soccer, it's just like, oh, here's your brother's cleats. Mm-hmm. Well, and I remember always being like, oh, no, I don't want my brother's cleats. <laughs> what is this? No, they're trash. Come on. So I don't know. I think soccer's definitely got that thing where everyone played it when they were like five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just one of those things that in my head, it's like the greatest game ever until mm-hmm. I played volleyball, but <laughs> exactly. you know, soccer's definitely have a place in my heart. I'm wearing a Bayern Munich shirt, you know? I just is, love it. Is that where Alfonso Davies plays now? That is. Because he was a Canadian. Yeah.
0: And didn't he, wasn't he poor? Didn't he, I think. Yeah, he was an immigrant from, from oh,
2: I don't know the place. Jamie, pull it up. Nice Let's <laughs> um, <laughs> go. I think I actually,
0: it was from, oh shoot, I was just, I was just having a conversation today uh, with Cam Valley. Hey Cam. <laughs> um, and he was telling me about, he shared a uh, clip of the highlights. Yeah, oh, on the What was he saying? Yeah, yeah, but it was... It's from Ghana. Yeah, is that's he? That's what it is. Yeah. Wow.
1: But I think he lived in Toronto, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Makes sense. Because he played
2: in Toronto. Didn't he? Well, he played for the Whitecaps. Mm-hmm. He lived in... He lived oh, in he Vancouver. Right. No, actually, no, you're right. You're right. I have a friend, uh, Nick, who I believe it was a sister, who was like chaperoning him around oh, from really? Vancouver that was her job what? Just like bring that's him to awesome. practice bring him shit now he's making millions so that's crazy she get a kickback <laughs> <laughs> should have gotten all those autographs yeah true can i have your shirt <laughs> i think
0: he can't he, grew up in edmonton which is oh, so okay. weird oh, because dang. it's so cold yeah yeah so you think in a lot of places in europe they can play literally every any day of the year 365.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah and you'd have to think i mean maybe there's indoor indoor
2: yeah uh, i guess we probably have i feel like over there too it's more of an emphasis of soccer Mm -hmm. whereas here you could there's just too many sports that gets diluted down that's like you know you got like i was saying you got hockey you've got what other sports do you play during this time of the year because like
1: i mean baseball lots of people from canada get into baseball and then i guess we don't have many basketball players but
2: it's still always out there it's growing. And football, Like, there's just so many sports. Because I always wondering like, because us being from Nanaimo, you know, you only have what's available to you. Mm-hmm. And for me, I could never play any of those other sports like volleyball. Couldn't, like, who has a basketball house league? That's just not even a thing. No, so it's not. All those things I wanted to do, it was yeah. kind of like, you could only play soccer, you could only play hockey. It seemed like in baseball, because those were the only ones where they had leagues that you could just get into unless you're out of school or stuff like that. So, I don't know. Maybe in a bigger city, you'd have a lot more options and choices, but I don't know. But it's crazy to think, because Nanaimo, yeah. I mean,
0: it, in terms of all Canadian cities, we're probably in the, the top third in terms of size. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, there's t- yeah, I guess there's tons of prairie towns Yeah. that they would only have one sport, like hockey. Probably. Right. Or football. There's lots of, like, true. those little towns oh, true. That, through
1: the prairies that are just football towns. Like, mm-hmm. like, Fraser's roommate was playing football his whole high school career, and it's more similar to the States than that, like, they have scholarships towards colleges and it's more of a streamlined path mm-hmm. but like it's definitely interesting how some sports are more school yeah. sports and then some sports are like club sports
2: like I don't know kind kind of like rugby rowing how are you gonna get <laughs> you're <laughs> rowing yeah, yeah exactly. fencing definitely never did that you know <laughs> well, i just kidding I did
0: that's one thing I, I can't remember who I was talking about this with but it's a real shame that there aren't more adult leagues mm. for sports any sports yeah. and yeah. I don't know if that's a Canada thing or if it's just a beast, or even just an animal thing, but there's just not a lot of adult interest. It seems,
2: I think, for sports. Yeah, definitely tied to our culture, for one. Mm-hmm. I think because I was watching a, a YouTube video from uh, like a Manchester United ex-player, Ryan Giggs, and he was talking about how when he was growing up, you just you'd go down to the streets, you'd go down to the field. There'd be people there. You'd be like, "Hey, you want to play?" And mm-hmm. like, I've never had that. Like, that would be <laughs> like, once. I don't know if it's just because I would be like afraid of people, but it was just like. That was just not something you'd do. It was always like, hey, let's get a game going. You'd have to message everybody, get it going. You'd never just show up and be like, hey, want to have a 3v3, 4v4, something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just not in our culture to want to interact with people on that kind of level. Everyone's just kind of doing their own thing in our society, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there's also a, there's
0: this thing about, Can- oh, Can- Canadians are so nice, right? Mm. But I think there's actually a concern about being rude. That mm. other people don't have, like other cultures, like Maybe, South yeah. American cultures, probably aren't as concerned about yeah. putting someone in an awkward position by asking them to play, right? And like nutmegging them over, and over again, <laughs> you know, or the opposite, or being crappy. Like some people have no shame. True. Like if they're a crappy player, and they see a good game happening. They're like, "Oh, I'm gonna hop in here."
2: Yeah, that's so awkward. It is really a man to do. Uh, that's I've cool. been
0: there many times. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Like just think back, Zach, when we were uh, playing volleyball. Oh, exactly. oh my goodness! When we first started playing beach volleyball, he was like, "I didn't even know the rules," mm-hmm. and he'd just be like, "This is just a shame. We shouldn't be out here, you know, just getting slammed on over and over again." But just a couple scrappy
1: guys, yeah. just <laughs>
2: knocking up balls
1: wherever we could, just trying to have it. some fun. You got to start. Yeah, that's that's, true. that's the thing
2: with
0: these sorts of with that game. You got to start.
1: I mean, we never knew it would become like, or at least for me, my favorite sport. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. I kind of regret not playing it in oh, high school yeah. and. Growing up, because it's so fun.
0: It is, and it's another one where you don't need anything no. except a ball. I mean, some sand, or like you can play on grass. Yeah. Yep, or in a gym, but you don't need much other
2: than just a ball and a net. But. And like you only need one net. Three, three people, four people, five. Like you don't yeah, I mean, actually need. Oh, true. A full-sided eleven people game or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, just that moment, I feel like everyone can relate when you got that, got that set coming to you. Everything just slows down. Just you, just charge up, and then you get that slap, and it's just. Mm everything makes sense in that one moment and then you forget. can't relate to that <laughs> no you can't to me, that it's
0: coming across it's so fast I'm, just, I'm like okay where's my palm gonna be
2: boom boom right into the net
0: <laughs> okay good. same. you're downplaying yourself uh, no I actually I never I was never an attacker ever really um, okay well like I mean everyone hits some, sometimes but fair yeah. I, I was always jealous of people who were so tall yeah so basketball and volleyball are two of the biggest ones where if you're tall oh, you you're just a monster yeah, yeah.
2: That was one, one thing me. I was always like, "You're only playing volleyball because you're tall." <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's right. one thing. Yeah, it yeah. <laughs> yeah. was just pl- like, and then you got like Lionel Messi. He's like five ten, five nine, one five nine. One of the best players in soccer. Mm. It's like, okay, I'll go. I'll stick to that one. I'm mm-hmm. only like five ten. Mm-hmm. I'll stick to that side. But man, it just seems so fun just to be able to stand there and just not jump mm-hmm. and just boom block it. If you got nothing.
0: I like, think do, do. And there's some advantage in soccer, I guess, if you're playing center back or something true Um,
2: to be tall but it's not the same no and if you're tall you're not gonna be as quick that's true that -hmm. agility and mobility you want from being low to the ground Mm -hmm. low center of gravity you can muscle people off there you go so it's like i don't know it's definitely interesting to
0: look into those things so what do you guys think i want both your opinions on what would you if when you have kids i don't know if either of you want kids Um, I certainly do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, What are you going to do in terms of sports? Because I remember, actually, first let's start with what do you remember as a kid wanting to play soccer? Or did you, and you said you wanted to play hockey, Mm -hmm. but the financial means? Because I don't remember, I was nervous and I didn't really want to play sports, and my parents kind of had to push me to play sports.
1: Right. You know? I honestly can't really remember, like, as a kid, I just kind of did the sports that my siblings did before me. Right. Like, I did swimming baseball and soccer Mm -hmm. and I don't think any of those were just based on my own choice I think it was just those were what I started with Mm -hmm. and then later on I started to find sports that I liked more like I switched from swimming to track but I feel like as a kid it's hard to know what you would actually like
0: Mm -hmm. oh it's really hard yeah a lot of that's just inertia I think you're right and people choosing for you sort of Mm -hmm. yeah definitely I don't think
2: when I was five years old I even knew what like soccer was it was just like oh Saturdays is reserved for going to the going to the pitch going to kick around some balls it was mm-hmm. never even like this is what I want to do it was just something I did mm-hmm. and you'd never question it I guess and mm-hmm. all your brothers did it before so yeah I guess maybe if you were like that firstborn, it'd be a lot harder to maybe convince or maybe like how do you even tell a kid to get into sports mm. if they just if that's not their thing cause that's definitely gonna happen mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely gonna happen yeah. yep and you just see the benefits of it yeah. everywhere. But if you don't want to, that's gonna be a constant hell. Because there's definitely times where growing up I'd be like, I don't wanna to go to practice. Mm-hmm. I don't wanna to go to the game. It's raining. I don't want it. and then my mom or dad would be like, Come on, we're going and you just like how do you balance that like constant struggle of why aren't you wanting to do this? you know? And then if I have kids, that's definitely gonna be like, Oh man, I'm probably gonna have those kids who are just like I hate sports. I'm like, no, you gotta do it. Yeah. You gotta do and it. And that's the
0: thing is if you don't get them in it young, I feel like they're less likely to be interested in themselves when they're older, for sure. So you really 100%. have to say yeah, there's a certain point where you just have to say no, you don't have a
2: say in the matter. Yeah. You're playing a sport. Yeah. Because there's me. sorry, I cut you off, but there's literally no no one can argue that sports or physical exercise are gonna harm you, you know, in mm-hmm. the sense of like, sure you get injuries, stuff like that, but Like, cardio, everyone agrees. It's a good time. Mm -hmm. It's a good time. Even, like, friendships and stuff. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. And that should have been one for me, because that's how I met kids. (laughs) 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 That was, like, literally how I met other people was through soccer. So, it's crazy, because you're always going to have people like that who are able to connect, let's Mm -hmm. say, to other kids if they were doing... Other things like schoolwork, or uh, like what other things like movies or action, like anything. Just going playing outside, but the game of soccer, you just you just get into it. You just have a good time, and there's definitely a bunch of people. Like that's where I first met Matthew Parker. He was on my team <laughs> when I was five years old. Yeah. and then he went to hockey, and I was like, "Oh, uh, what are you <laughs> doing? What are you doing?" Oh, I guess he did play soccer. Yeah, yes. he was on my team, the Eagles. Shout out. Eagles, shout
0: out. <laughs> They're, I bet you all the Eagles are like...
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and Cal Montgomery was on my team, and now he's in like the MLS. Yeah, so, true. You know, I definitely assisted him, and he assisted me, so I'll, I'll go to the grave with that one. Yep. Yeah. Tombstone. That's a, yeah. that's a, that's <laughs> a Tombstone line, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So yeah. what sports do you guys think you're actually going to
0: put your kids in? Like, Oh, man. Have you thought about that? Um. Yeah, I wondered, am I going to have to say no? Because... For I don't think I would want my kid going into football. I, right. And that's just mm-hmm. purely injury. Like, especially if you're not... Because what are the positions that are relatively um, safe? Like, quarterback is probably safer. I guess you can it's talk safer, a lot. But
1: maybe not, yeah. Like, I don't know if there's any position that's super safe.
0: No, that's true. Mm-hmm. I guess
1: defenders are probably more likely less are less likely to get injuries because they're just they're from the offensive.
0: Like they're always yeah making. I, I would assume yeah.
2: I don't know. I have nothing to back that up though. Mm. I feel like it just yeah. I'm like 100 probably just gonna put them in soccer because that's all I know. Like I don't even know where you'd yeah. go to get someone into football or I don't even know the first thing about footballs. So I'd be like, you want to play football? <laughs> <laughs> I can't coach you on that. I can't coach you. Come on, what are you doing? Or, it, I guess it'll come down if it's like a guy or a girl. Like, I don't know. I feel like. Yeah. Um, do you think so? Do, like, for football. Oh, yeah, true. Like, true, true, how true. many. Or girls get to play, like, field hockey. I was always wondering about that one. I was like, why Why is that a thing? Why do girls get to play field hockey, but guys never have a field Dude. hockey? Field hockey sounds
1: awesome. R- well, do you remember in
0: elementary school how girls had soccer? Oh, and guys true. didn't have soccer? That yeah. was brutal. So Dude, we, was,
2: we had football, they had soccer. Yeah. And then we both had volleyball and both had basketball. Yeah. Mm. It was just so weird because you're being, like, bred into these roles where you're like I want to play field hockey mm-hmm. what the heck yeah but I don't know that's just a weird, well, a weird thought well you did
1: gymnastics right would right. you put your kid in like an acrobatic sport like that
2: I think I definitely would because gymnastics taught me how to fall yeah that was the one thing that I loved and I don't know whenever I'd get like a slide tackle or something I would always end up like doing a dive roll or something and it wasn't like on purpose that was just the way that my body was trained to fall and then it sucked because the ref would just be like oh <laughs> He's good. He just fell, but it was like an obvious foul. Mm. Whereas someone else might get hit and then they do like a belly flop or something. And it's like, okay, that's an obvious, that's an obvious foul. This person's in pain, but since I had those, that connection of like, okay, if you're falling, you gotta do a dive roll, you gotta roll, you know. Um, it's definitely interesting because people would be like, you're showing off. I'd be like, oh, no, that's just what what happened. This is how my brain wants to stay safe in this situation. And there's definitely many times where. I'm thankful that I had all that that flipping and tumbling because now my awareness for where my body is at any given moment is like, I'm thankful for that because I've looked into like the science behind building those muscle brain connections at a young age Mm -hmm. and how it can influence just learning new things and stuff like that. So I don't know. I'd have to pull up an article on what I'm talking about, but Mm. I think definitely gymnastics Besides, like the obvious, like fungal infections, you're probably gonna get, <laughs> uh,
0: or just oh, like the gruesome, the gruesome
2: gymnastics coaches. Like, I remember one time it was the weirdest thing. They were like, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna go semi-pro," and I was like, "What? It, semi-pro? I'm like 11 years old. What does this even mean? Yeah. I'm going semi-pro. Like, I didn't sign up for this." Yeah. And then it definitely came to a point where everyone's gonna have to probably decide this. If you're getting into a sport, it was like. I was training Monday, Wednesday, Friday, three hours a day, and then Saturdays we'd have some weird like training workout thing. Mm. And I'm like 11, 12 years old, and my friends are having birthday parties. My friends are having all these saints, and it was always a constant like, oh, I can't go, i got to show up later. Uh, And how do you tell an 11-year-old or 12-year-old, like, you know, you're in this, you've agreed to train and do all these things, and this is going to help you be a better gymnast, but how do you tell an 11-year-old that, no, we can't go to this birthday party. We can't do this because we've already got these obligations. We've already spent money to do it, you know, all these True. things. I, was like, I, well, I, so, want, I want it yeah. on the... I almost I want cake. What know? the heck? <laughs> I don't want to hang on a pole for 10 minutes just staying there. Like, this isn't fun compared to going and just eating cake and going to the did? pool. And now, yeah, there'd be times where you'd do, like, weird... It would just be, like, working out all the time, doing sit-ups, doing pull-ups, just, like, hanging on a pool seeing who could do it the longest. Like, hanging on the bars. That would just be, like, a fun game we'd play. And it'd just be, like... This is, this is weird looking back to it. Because I was definitely shredded. And I want that back. <laughs> I want that back. Because, geez. Well, well, I can see it now. Like, even when we go snowboarding and
1: stuff, you're so much less likely to get yourself injured. And you right. can do so much more, tricks-wise, faster. And, like, when we're at the river, you can do flip stuff. It's like, <laughs> there's some different
0: <laughs> positives of having that earlier. Mm-hmm. But and I wonder how much of that is just... Like, you're both athletic, athletic guys. But you, I wonder how much of that is you being an athletic person, and how much of that is the, I'm sure lots of it is gymnastics, especially with the, you, you, yeah. you're you, notoriously flexible.
2: <laughs> like, I guess, yeah, like definitely, in terms of just like, my kicks, my high kicks. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I remember yeah. like,
0: doing those soccer, where you have to, you hold your hand up in front of
2: you, and you try to kick your hand, and you're just
0: like, right. kicking way past it, and right. I'm trying to get the toes up, yeah. so I'm putting the hand down a bit.
2: Yeah. Um. But like, yeah, also, I don't even know, cause like, growing up, having three older brothers, You had that competition and we had a trampoline and being homeschooled, that's something we just spent every day on. So you really can't tell if it was the gymnastics, Mm -hmm. if it was the competition of wanting to beat your older brothers and wanting to beat them, be better than them and certain things. Like I remember we'd always have competitions to see who could do the first double backflip. (laughs) And we were going on that for probably like a year and a half. It was honestly just pushing, 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 trying to do the double backflip. And I remember this one moment, I had figured it out, I did it, we had this ladder set up where you jump off the ladder, you'd land on the trampoline, did the double backflip, landed on some like comforters and duvets and stuff, and my brother Blair was coming over the fence, and I was like, Blair, look, I finally did it! And then he did it right away. Because he (laughs) saw that I did it, and I was like, are you kidding me? So so he he saw your strategy? Yep. And then he... Well, like, just the moment he saw that I could do it, it just unlocked that part of his brain where the fear was like, oh, this is impossible, we're never going to be able to do this. But then the moment he saw me do it, it just the, comp- the competition just lit him up, mm. and then he was able to do it. And I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Mm. I just spent like four hours, like freaking out, trying to figure out how to do this, pushing past that like mental block of "Oh, I can't do this." Mm. And then, yeah, brothers, geez, always always competing. You guys both had older brothers. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. didn't have an older brother. Do you think
0: that? Do you think having an older brother pushed you more?
1: I think mine were too far separating the age to really have any competition like they were my brothers are seven and ten years older than me so mm, I didn't yeah. really get raised with them but I think like most of my athletic ability is a little bit from just playing so many sports as a kid mm-hmm. like I did I was doing track five days a week and then soccer five days a week and it's like I think all that just made me fast <laughs> <laughs> no definitely but what about you what kind of kids or what kind of sports would you play your kids in likely
0: um I think I would put them in soccer, um, no matter what gender they were. Yeah. I think I I would definitely get a volleyball. Be- out. Oh, I think I would get a lot of different balls and play with them myself. Because I think when you if you play catch, ten minutes, th- twenty minutes, three times a week. Mm-hmm. Oh, when they're young, like three or four, like beautiful, beautiful. Um, yeah. yeah. Nick Askew Asqu- has a, has a son, and he's always bringing the, bringing them to the park with a ball and stuff, it's bouncing awesome. it, just kicking balls around. I think that's gonna be. Oh. Invaluable.
2: Um,
0: but I don't know what I would do if I had a kid who, like, it won't be in the genes, but if I had a kid who went pro, yes, oh, so, or not, not went pro, but who's like, okay, this guy's clearly, or girl, sorry, clearly on the route to a professional career. Mm-hmm. Like, they're clearly elite. Mm-hmm. And so then you'd have that decision of the times ramping up in terms of what you have to invest, the time okay. you have to invest yeah. in your own time, and then I'd have, I'd be concerned about what you said birthday parties, social engagement, social interaction. Mm-hmm.
2: Like how much can you sacrifice? And you're going to be the one making that decision. I know. And it's I like, know. Because like for Zach and I, if we wanted to play in like a higher soccer league, we had to go to Vic. We had to, we had to go down to Victoria because the NIMO didn't have it. We had like rep soccer. Mm-hmm. But then the step up from that was like HBL. But if you wanted to play in HBL, you had to drive up to Vic twice a week just for practices Mm -hmm. and that's just crazy like which parent is going to want to spend that two hours drive up there two hours like two hours drive up there the hour and a half practice kill time Mm -hmm. two hours drive back like literally this is your life and Mm -hmm. if you have a job that doesn't allow that then that puts into the part of like oh I see my kid they have all these great attributes that I'm trying to foster Mm -hmm. but like oh man I'm having a thought right now like that would eat me up if I knew my kid had potential, but I couldn't do the time because I'm going to be like, I'm already in the nursing program. I'm going to be a nurse at that time. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to be like, oh, I've just got off a 12-hour shift. Let's send it up to Vic, you know? Like, mm-hmm. So I guess it all comes down to where you live, um, which sports you kind of... Would you move? I don't know. That's a good thought. <clears throat> I think
1: it depends how much they want to... They want to do it. Like, if they're ramping up the practices and they're loving it then you know maybe I would make those sacrifices wow. but like that's great but like as Brennan said if they weren't even really enjoying it mm. even if they recognize like what it could be and they weren't enjoying going to all these more practices because they're missing out on life then
0: it might be not worth it you mm-hmm. know just yeah. hmm
3: that's
0: heavy and the question is how far would you like for us we're lucky because we a quick move to Victoria or Vancouver not that far away would do it. Would do yeah. the trick at least for the young years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but imagine being. And I guess you can always send your kid away. Like some that's some true. hockey people I know in like Saskatchewan or something. They just send their kid away to the nearest yeah. competitive team. Mm-hmm. That sucks though. Yeah, because you lost your son mm-hmm. or your
2: daughter. You know. Mm-hmm. I feel like
1: that's just how it is in hockey though. Like as kids grow older, they move to other teams mm-hmm. to have a chance.
2: I guess you're just bred with that mentality of this is what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I honestly think it's going to be the hardest part because I don't know any kid who's not like struggling to stay motivated or they don't see the, the I don't want to say like the valuableness because that's not a word, but like the value in sticking with something, going through it, even though you may be like discouraged Mm -hmm. or you're not feeling confident or, you know, you're not making enough friends on the soccer team or whatever, you know, how do you balance that uh, like push with the kid like come on we gotta stick in it and mm. what do you do to get them there because i know so many times i just wanted to give up i was like this is stupid and i remember one year we got absolutely smashed like we played metro zach and i Or oh, were you playing with me that year yep for yeah. Sure, yeah and uh we'd go to vancouver every second day and we were losing like 13 <laughs> nothing and it was like the most Stop. defeating thing yeah. like these kids were like already six foot and we're like Not even five feet. Not even five feet. Kids. And it was just like, we'd get stomped. And I remember just like, I went to house the next year and I was like, I just don't even want to. It's just this defeating. Like, we got smacked. Mm -hmm. But it's like that upper level competitiveness where it's like, you don't give up. You Mm -hmm. don't relent. Because there's (laughs) nothing worse than a team just passing the ball around, not scoring on you. That sucks. Oh, yeah. Because we've definitely been in those positions where it's like, oh my goodness. Like, you're playing... Let's say like in a or something, and you just yeah. what do you do? You've been on both sides. And what know, do you do?
0: I know it. Like you know when the coach has said, um, "Okay, guys, five passes before you can score." Exactly yeah, that sort of thing. And it's like it, you just to know they've all addressed it. They've addressed the difference yeah. in level of their, their team, to yours. It's not even a competitive venture anymore. Yeah. It's just uh, let's get through these next forty minutes so we can walk yeah. out of here. Oh, it's
1: just geez, what do you do? That's why I, like when I'm in those situations, I almost just want the opposing team to just stop. yes you know don't let up i'm fine with it i say say in volleyball all the time where like teams will start just joking around once they're way ahead but i'm like just hit it Mm -hmm. just you're gonna let me practice against you because you're obviously better than me Mm -hmm. and i'm fine with it but i guess people want to be nice and not everyone has that same attitude i guess
0: but i i tend to be that way but then you think like I, there's some research on teaching kids where you kind of talk at a level just above what they can understand, so they're they improving, yeah. but they can kind of understand Ooh. a lot. But if I mm-hmm. wonder if you would get if you got crushed every time, if would you just as as you guys are saying get demoralized? Oh, definitely. Like, oh, definitely. But you but at the same time, my pride says don't don't you dare let up on me. Yeah. I'm gonna I'll will still score on you once. You know what I mean? Like just because that hurts artist. more. That hurts more. Yeah, it does. Like oh, there's man. no I mean, there's no correct way to do it. Yeah. everyone
1: has you definitely see the motivation thing a ton, in like, because we're lifeguards, so at the pool you see these swimmers in high school that are practicing six times a week all school year long, and it's like, to have the motivation to practice six times a week, when every week through your whole high school career, oh. and then, you know, like lots of them don't really go on to do anything, but others are going to Olympic trials and stuff, but when you're doing that the whole time you're growing up, it's like, that will be hard to... Have the motivation to keep doing that, mm-hmm. but it's just how competitive you are, I guess.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like maturity-wise, yep. like I feel like I developed so late. Like by the time I was like eighteen and done with rep soccer, that was like around the time where I finally was like, oh geez, I should have taken the practice into my own hands. Mm-hmm. I never looked at practice as practice. It was just something you did, mm-hmm. and I never really understood why I was doing it. Mm-hmm. Like. Like, if you want to practice, you need to find things that you need to develop yourself. And you need to focus on those things. Mm-hmm. So, it was kind of like taking taking ownership in your own development. Mm-hmm. But, like, I did not think about it like that. That's a great in point. Anyway, I did not. So, you have these people who are probably, like, 16, mm-hmm. they reach that point, And then they're trying their hardest. They're doing everything you can. Then you got another 16-year-old <laughs> who's, like, still in a developmental phase mm-hmm. behind where they're still trying to figure out, like... I don't know, like how to detach from the parents or Mm -hmm. whatever. Like, I don't know. If you look into the the developmental stages, like we always said that about each other. Just like we feel like we we like peaked way too late. But who's measuring it in a sense? Now you get to a point where it's kind of like there is no end goal. There is no finish line. All, All life is is just moving one step forward. You move two steps back. You just you just gotta keep going. Just gotta keep going because there's no destination you're aiming at except for maybe being a little bit better than who you were yesterday. And that could be with anything. That could be with anything. So,
0: but it sucks too because at the same time, point taken. It's like it's never too late to just progress. Right. But in terms of academic per- or athletic performance right? if you miss those crucial years and you come too late to the party of yeah. I'm taking this control of my practice yeah. you mm-hmm. kind of miss the boat on competitive oh, performance but you- we,
1: we, we might not have completely missed the boat like we got, we grew up in grade 11 right but like by that time I had lost my motivation because I wasn't that good at sports until then so it's like I didn't care as much anymore so I stopped doing track or Mm -hmm. stuff. So, I mean, kind of missed, but it's just hard to keep the motivation until you reach that
2: point. Absolutely, no, absolutely. I don't know. And another interesting thing is like, depending on which time of the year you're born is gonna totally influence your opportunities. You've got someone who's born in January, Mm -hmm. and you've got someone like me and Zach who are born in October, November. That is so many months of growth. Like, one thing with swimming lessons that we tie back to is, like sometimes you got to just tell the parents be like yo give your kid a break give them a break they've done salamander 7 times give them a break and let them literally grow like so that's one thing we want to mm-hmm. tell them
0: what do you mean they failed yeah they so like passed?
2: they just can't do this one skill let's say they can't do like a front glide with their face in the water for a certain amount of meters you got to like you just got to fail them cuz they're not able to do that and if you Everyone knows if you don't get the foundations down and you move into a level when you're not ready, Mm -hmm. it just causes so many problems because now that teacher has to be teaching two different levels and supervising two different levels. And then it's like a safety thing because then they're moving into different areas of the water where they might not be comfortable. So going back to where I was talking about in January, if you look at a lot of like, I don't know, I was looking at like hockey players and stuff like that and a bunch of them that are like getting picked up are like young or early in the month and it's because you already have that edge of growth
3: mm-hmm. and
2: that means you're going to be scouted more likely mm-hmm. and that means you're going to be then if you're scouted you're going to mm-hmm. be given the essential tools to progress like I don't know I feel like if anyone's given the right environment you can thrive and that's a hot take it is a hot take but like athletically? Think, athletically if you have, if you have the like the building blocks of what it takes to be like an athlete and okay. you're given all the training one. and you're given because like yeah you definitely you see some kids and you're like you just don't get it like oh, you just don't you're just you're, you're, your intelligences in this world are going to be different mm-hmm. like you give me math I'm like what are you doing what are you doing I'm too good for this math yeah <laughs> <laughs> no no. Continue. Continue. no but okay. like uh, like that's a thing it's just um if you've got Okay, I'm lost. I'm Petologist. so we're talking, no, we're talking about early, it
0: out. early in the like you, the people who are given the skills by the scouts.
2: Yeah. So it's like if you have that edge of like 11 months from someone who's born in December, mm. but you were born in January, then just the odds are like you're already bigger. You're already faster. You're already stronger. Mm-hmm. All of those things are, they're going to carry you through mm-hmm. and you're going to stand out way more than someone who's like a scrawny, small, slow kid. That's a great point. So- I've definitely looked into that and it's interesting to see because then once when you do have the tools to kind of hone in and obviously if you've got money you can also do stuff like that so this gets into the whole like socioeconomic factors of how you're going to grow as a person like
0: I don't know and then you if you're if you are a person I was going to say a kid but then eventually you're not a kid like if you're 16, 17 and you're getting scouted by pro leagues. So I, only, I know most about the NHL probably. So if you're if you're getting drafted by farm teams, um then you might be making quite a bit of money mm-hmm. in those first couple of years. Like if you're if you're good enough to be playing for Vancouver's farm team. Yeah. Maybe you'll never make the NHL. So you have like three years where you get signed and you're making five hundred thousand dollars a year or whatever it is. Yeah. How do you when do you kinda know when to quit? Like you mm-hmm. get a taste of that money. And you're like, oh, I'm so close. And if you don't make, how many years can you go without making the NHL? That's hard. Before
2: you're like, okay, I'm giving this up. I'm gonna go be a banker. Right. Or not a banker. <laughs> like, but uh, like, like, you know, like I mean, a no. real job. Yeah, real but job. Real, not to say that professional stuff's not real. It's just that's a dream. Not everyone can have it. No. And at some point, you gotta decide that you're gonna do a, a grown-up job. <laughs> you're gonna do a, a nine-to-five, Monday to Friday. You know all those lies we've been told about how you need to. You need to do those things because in reality, if you put your mind to it and you, can, you have a goal in mind of what you want to do, you could, you could make money with anything. But I feel like a lot of the time parents don't want to foster that. Like, let's say you're really into making podcasts when you were like 12 or something and you got a parent who's like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> I have this blue-collar job. My dad had a blue-collar job. Like, you're going to have a blue-collar job. Mm-hmm. That's just, like, the way it goes. So, it's just kind <clears> of... <throat> I don't know where I was going with that. It kind of...
1: As you're trying to get in, are you still making those... the same money as you were in your entry-level contract? No, that's a good point. I, I think... Because like, I don't see any reason to stop this, As long as you're still making that 500 grand a year. Maybe you're not making the NHL, but you're still doing well for yourself.
0: Yeah, there are some people who play who are like perennial minor players. Yeah. So they're making, their, they're making their base level contract in the minors for like eight years. And that it would be draining because you're, but it, yeah. again, again, you're making enough money to survive or to live and, and more. Sure, you're yeah. doing something you love. But I think actually, I think I was wrong. I think the 500,000 or 750,000 is base NHL. So an NHL team oh, has okay. to sign you and then put you in the minors. Whereas I think there are lots of people who play in the minors who make like $60,000 a year mm-hmm. and then are trying to get signed by an NHL team. So yeah. that's different because then you're making just regular 9 to 5 money mm-hmm. and busting your butt and traveling and all those sorts of things for right. a, something that never may, may never come to fruition. Right. I just can't imagine making a choice after spending your whole childhood developing toward this to then yeah. say, I'm done, I'm going to switch gears. Yeah, I think it just matters how much you love it. Like If mm-hmm. you are making 60 grand but you
1: love playing hockey, mm-hmm. even if you don't stand a chance of making an NHL team, it's probably still worth it. For you to do instead of getting that banking job that you might end up hating mm-hmm. to make an extra ten thousand a year and have a pension, like mm-hmm. it might be just depends on how much you like what you're doing.
0: That's even hard to know. Oh, <laughs> to know.
1: I mean, there, there is no right answer. I wish we all had the luxury to like sure. try fifty different jobs out and mm-hmm. find out what we'd like more like I remember when we were in high school we I had was that 52 thing. jobs and 52 weeks guy uh, I love in. that guy <laughs> what was his name remember was it Chris I can't I can't remember, I can't remember. But tell what was it I, I mean that was a great day so the guy had a full year where <laughs> where he
0: got he
1: traveled around North America and had a new job every week I think he just advertised it through I don't know how
0: I don't know how he got them but he lined but, them up in, ahead
1: of time right yeah he lined them up ahead of time and like couch surf in the places that he would go and work different jobs like he was a bungee jump instructor mm-hmm. and Our I don't know why that one stuck in my head so much <laughs> I can not remember a single other one but that was insane like yeah,
0: like, yeah there's like the tone of voice where you're about to do a list yeah and like, he's, a, he's a bungee jump instructor full
1: stop yeah I don't remember That's all to know. Else. but still like having that opportunity to figure out what you actually like
0: would be so cool yeah it would and imagine like 50- <laughs> What are the odds you don't find three or four things out of of those 52 things that you're oh, like, man. oh, this is definitely potential. Yeah, there's got to be some out there. Mm-hmm. What if you didn't? How? Like, how <laughs> much <laughs> would you hate that? Yeah. If it, all of them, you're like, oh, this all feels like work.
1: <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> oh, man, that would be brutal. Well, see, that's. The, I think this is probably one of the most interesting questions. Is some people will tell you, you'll never work a day in your life if you find what you love to do. Right. But there's there's still need. To, we still need to have 50 million truck drivers. You know okay. what I mean? Like you can't. It's just it's naive to think that we're all going to get sure. something. It's like, like Joe Rogan probably has a great time talking to people all day. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, it seems great. And he, he probably really doesn't work a day in his life because he's doing something that's easy. Yeah. In terms of you don't have to break your body hauling concrete mm-hmm. or put in like long hours that aren't. In it. Anyway, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. No. No. Um, but I don't. I don't think. Yeah, I don't really believe in the idea that there's something out there for everyone that can make you happy like I think some people just have to be okay with subs- their means of subsistence not being fulfilling
1: mm-hmm I think so
0: but how horrible is that <laughs> oh, yeah, That's a very sad thought
1: I don't know I feel like if somehow you had the motivation to keep working super hard like I don't think that's really possible but mm-hmm. if you had the motivation to Go through schooling that's super difficult for something that you really want to do, mm-hmm. or and the means, obviously, like money wise. And I think maybe there, you could find something, but you also just have to know what your passion is. And
3: mm-hmm.
2: I feel like oh. for a lot
1: of people, knowing
2: that's a hard one. what, what your it?
1: passion is, is is the hardest question. Mm-hmm.
2: It's like you don't know what you don't know. And if you never exactly. were surrounded in that environment, then. Phew, you go your whole life and not even knowing that there was a job next door that you could have loved mm-hmm. and done what you were saying where you never worked a day in your life but that's also kind of like a pipe dream almost it's like mm-hmm. it's not very realistic in this area we're living in like I feel like you gotta get lucky just lucky just to end up in a situation that you love to do but it's also a job that pays enough to live mm-hmm.
1: but you definitely see people that like are just out there grabbing life like Mm -hmm. they're working so hard and they really love life and they get to a point where they are working a job that they love because they've worked so hard to get there. Mm -hmm. So I
2: think it's possible for a lot of people but for the majority of people it's not going to happen. Or it's going to come down to like changing your idea of what happiness is like expectations are the number one killer of a happy life. Mm-hmm. Like if you expect that you're going to be able to like feel like you're not working a day in your life or something like that. And then you're in a job and you're like, Oh man, I feel like I'm working. <laughs> it's like, it's like well, well, come on. What'd you expect? <laughs> like maybe, maybe you need to get a little bit of perspective here and get <laughs> it. So it's like, I can definitely relate with uh, the, I don't really feel like I'm working. Like when I'm in the hospital doing my practice and stuff like that, like, oh man, time flies. Really? Cause it's just, oh yeah. And going from the pool, which is a job where you literally have to watch the clock for 15 minutes. So you literally have to watch, or I guess you have to watch it every 15 minutes cause that's when you got to rotate. Mm-hmm. So you literally cannot be unaware of what time oh, it is. You literally not cannot, surfing. you cannot mm. not know what time it is. So that is a killer for me because I'm That's sitting there and you can never just be like, oh, there goes two hours because someone could have died. That's the thing. It's like, <laughs> if you just all of a sudden were like, oh, I was just not paying attention for two hours. That was bliss. It's like, no. That's hilarious. Someone could have died. <laughs> so it's like, maybe I should not have a job like this. Mm. But then when I'm in the hospital and I'm caring for patients and I'm doing all these skills and, or like all these tasks, like I got to go give this medication. I got to go do an assessment of someone. It's like the time I'm doing it it's enjoyable because mm-hmm. I love people I like helping people in the sense that it's just I, I don't know why I like it but I just like to be around people when they need help and then just hmm. that's like bliss that's a bliss in a way it's just like oh this is enjoyable and then the clock's like oh crap I got stuff I gotta do I should I have been paying more attention to the clock because now now it's the other end where now I'm gonna have to really get good at planning because the time just flies like that and But that's preferable. That's preferable, yeah. Yeah. Definitely is preferable. Mm -hmm. So not everyone's going to enjoy this kind of job, but I feel like once you do get in that spot, hopefully it feels like that Mm because no one likes watching the clock. (laughs) That's the worst. Do you think you'll always enjoy it to the amount
1: you do now, or is Hmm. it a little bit more because it's new? I think it's because it's new. But you'll still probably always enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Like my mom's a nurse, and she loves it. You know, I I think it's...
2: there's definitely definitely that thing where it's like the new job it's awesome because you don't know the basics yet yeah but then once you get comfortable and once you start to know then you go through that phase of oh there's so much i don't know but if it's a job where you kind of can figure it out pretty quick and you kind of hit the ceiling and you're kind of just stuck in a spot i think that can be very demoralizing because Humans need to be challenged. Humans need to strive for something.
0: And do you think that, do you think people can be happier if they're kind of, like Some everyone has different capabilities, I think. And right. that, might be, that might be something people don't like to hear. But oh, I think yeah. people have different capabilities. So someone, some people, who, being a lifeguard is challenging enough, maybe. No. But some people, and some people being a nurse is challenging enough. Or, oh, that's 100% true. And I think maybe a lot of finding that job you can, Working is finding something where you're on a daily level, challenge enough so you aren't always like, "Oh, I'm on autopilot, thinking about time." Yeah, because I don't know. Oh, uh, I, I wonder if that has to play into it.
1: Do you think once you like get into a routine in your job, you start to like it less? Ooh, like once mm-hmm. it just becomes routine that you're just going through the motions. Is that not
2: as enjoyable of a job?
3: It's a good know, question there's
2: got to be like a personality thing in there because i know people who love the routine yeah they love knowing what's going to happen in their day because that that calms their anxiety mm. per se good point mm-hmm. but for me i remember i was always like i hate being locked into a shift i i want it to be sporadic i want it to be random mm. i like the spontaneity or whatever and then it it takes it takes the energy away from you Having your sleep schedule all messed up and stuff like that. So definitely being young, I remember being like, "Yeah, I love yeah. having these shifts. I love having waking up in the morning and then having a night shift. Like this is great. Um, it's so sporadic, but then it takes its toll." Mm-hmm. So,
1: but you're right. It kind of is who you are because the way we travel is kind of sporadic. We like to just true. fly off you, yeah. the cuff and just head out somewhere and see what happens. Yeah. right? But some people like to
0: get it all down so that Live they don't box coming. and. Yeah, but, I mean, it's each their own, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's interesting. Nursing strikes me as balanced because your actual shifts are predictable, but that's what true. happens
2: from when you get there to the yes. end is sporadic and, and it's never going to be the same. That's the number one thing that draws me to nursing mm-hmm. is that, uh, besides the point that it's like a union that pays money. <laughs> like true. they hate it when you say that in nursing school. They're like they always want you to be like, how why'd you get to nursing school? And it's always like. Because it pays well. <laughs> it's in a union who can never fire you for doing anything wrong. Yeah. Like, I've heard so many horror stories. Even with the pool, oh. like, being the union. Like, if you've got a bad worker, they can't fire you. Yeah. And it's like, we've gone so far to that other side where... Not necessarily got so many rights, but it's just like... Now there's kind of a part where it's like, okay, you should be fired. No, I, I totally... <laughs> two, uh, unions have a lot of rights. It's is it's a little yes. bit extensive. Like It's crazy. I heard this one story... Of a nurse who like in nursing we have these narcotics which are all which are all the drugs that are kind of on that high list of probably addictiveness let's say so you got like your opiates like fentanyl hydromorphone um all these super scary drugs that you hear on the news and then you've got like your benzodiazepines which are like your drugs that uh, the rappers are always singing about like lean and purple drank like those are all those uh <laughs> those those yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so those ones are like your your downers and they kind of they make you very uh mellow and they're, they're sleep aids essentially or yeah. anti-anxiety medications so if you kind of look at that so all of these drugs are kind of like no-go in a locked closet you need to have another nurse to sign off you always need to um count the medication storage, you gotta figure out. So it's a very safe system in terms of they don't want people abusing it, because it would be so easy for me to be like, all right, here you go, ex-patient, take your your fentanyl or whatever, and then let's say they were a confused patient and they didn't take it, I could say they took it, I could pocket it, bring it home, sell it. Mm -hmm. So there was a nurse who did that, sold like three million dollars of narcotics. No. You know what happened? The union was so strong, he got he didn't get his license taken away. The only thing that happened was he could not give medications.
0: Still had <gasps> no! a nursing job. No, still had did. a nursing
2: job. Oh my That's, that's ridiculous. ridiculous. He had made like three, like he went to jail for a little bit, and then was still able to do the nursing job. Mm. But just couldn't give medications. And I'm like, well then what are you doing? You literally- so much of our job is giving medications. Like, that's not all we do, but it's like, that's crazy that the union can be that strong, yeah. that's not like All right, you're a drug dealer, jail time. (laughs) You're you're a thief and a drug dealer. Yeah, you're a thief and a drug dealer, and you're giving, like, that was just crazy to me. Because I was like, oh my goodness. Or, going back to the pool, this is a funny story. One of my supervisors was telling me that uh, the union for the city is so strong that uh, in order to get fired as a permanent employee, I needed to walk into his office, (laughs) shit on his table, (laughs) get written up about it, told why this is bad, then I have to verbally be like, okay, this is bad. (laughs) Then I have to leave. A whole day has to pass. Like I could go shit on his table for the exact same day. Couldn't get read up twice for it because it hasn't been a a lapsed day or whatever. Mm -hmm. So then I'd have to come in a second day, do the exact same thing. Let's say I like urinated on his table. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That would be a different write up. That would be my first strike for Uh, urinating on his table. But if I shit on his table again... Then I get warned. a second write-up. Yeah. So now, okay, verbal consent, blah, 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 sign the paper. Now, I'm still not fired, even though I've shit on this table twice. Mm. So then you got to come in this third time. <laughs> a day later. You get where this is going. Yeah, a day later, it can't be <laughs> the same day. Shit on his table. And then they're like, okay, oh, yeah, that's it. So it's like, Pre-strike. we've gone yeah. so far mm-hmm. that it should just be able to be like, why the heck did you just shit on my table? Mm-hmm. You're fired. But... You're
1: giving people ideas.
0: Sure. <laughs> yeah. But the crazy, the sad thing about you is, it's not just allowing people to shit on tables. It's also allowing people to be, become, like, that's hilarious. But yeah, it's also allowing it's definitely... people to become complacent and oh. have no consequences. Like you can yeah. be the worst, most unmotivated worker. Right. And there's nothing you can, no, nothing anyone can do about it. Well, that's mm-hmm.
1: honestly the, probably the biggest issue with our lifeguarding job is there's no reason to work hard. Mm. Like realistically there isn't any reason to work hard yeah right i mean besides because you want to be a good person to the rest yeah. Of your. yeah but, but that's yeah, personal that's a personal yeah. thing and
2: a lot of people don't have that like you can definitely have yeah. those days where you just don't want to be a good worker okay? yeah mm-hmm. like if you don't have that fame where it's like okay i want to work hard so that my coworkers have an easier life in a sense like wow. let's say you had a <laughs> night shift or something and you If you don't get everything done in the night, then the people in the morning are gonna have to do extra work. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't been that morning person who comes in and the night shift didn't get all their stuff done, then you're like, ugh, you're just like seething with rage because you're like, wow, how could they just flip the middle finger to us like that? They didn't do their stuff. But there's also all those things going on which things can happen and things can't get done. But if that's always happening, Mm -hmm. you can't really do anything about it for it to not happen. Like you can't really approach the person and tell them if you know who it is and be like, hey, Stop oh. doing this. And you can't even, you can't go to a boss or anything, can you? Like, you could, but like, they're going to be like, what are they going to do?
1: I mean, they'll probably tell a head guard to talk to you, but that's just all it's going to be is someone's going to talk to you. Mm. Right. And, and there's no slap on the wrist. That's pretty much all or... it will ever be. mm mm-hmm. Obviously, if you continue to be a terrible empl- em- employee, they can write strikes for that, too. Yeah. And then the same thing once you get to three strikes it's a less extreme example of taking a like that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for humor can, part of it. It, it can still <laughs> get you fired, but, like, it would have to be, you'd have to be literally doing nothing ever.
0: Oh, man, yeah. Or, to get three strikes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Or show up, late a bunch, or not show for shifts. Like, there's ways, just like any union, like, they're there to protect your rights, so you're not, like, they're obviously there for a reason. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And they're definitely useful, because... Yeah, super useful. Capitalism, or whatever. I don't know. I'm the same words, I don't know at this point, but it's like uh, No, but you're right. They're, they're protecting against
0: the boss lead. having too much power to say, Okay, you're gone because I don't like you, yeah. you're gone because yeah. you don't like hockey and I love hockey. Yeah. I'm hiring Joe because he's a hockey fan.
2: Yeah. You know, like those kinds of things can't happen. And like the racial prejudice, just stuff like that, like you can't just go back that. So Good point. it's like mm-hmm. It, it's definitely that constant elastic of just like, oh, now we're, we're so far this side, mm-hmm. on the left, and now we're going to be coming back so far to the right. Yeah. It's just like, there's no balance. How do you how do you find that balance? But that's like... But f- here's the real close. question. If oh. you start a corporation or whatever,
0: mm-hmm. I mean, I guess this isn't a corporation though, but if you're... I guess all the unions are for things... Are there, are there mill unions? There are. Yeah. So if you fund a mill, or if you found a mill... Right. Shouldn't you be able to have pretty much... Total control over who works for you if you're paying their checks. That's a good point. Like even if it's a personal thing, like oh, I don't like your energy. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know because like, it's not like people question. aren't gonna work at your job. You know, you're gonna have people who are gonna want to work at the. Yeah, bed.
0: and if you're especially if you if you run a tight ship.
2: Yeah, I should be able to say, you know
0: what? Actually, I was wrong about you. I hired you six months ago, but turns out you were putting a fake face on about how good you were gonna True. be. True. I don't. You're not a good worker. I, I want someone else. Methods. I want to hire someone
1: who's better. Well, what if they found that people had more motivation for the first six months they got hired in mm. a new job? So mm. this mill owner was just hiring people for six months and getting rid of them constantly. I guess that's fine.
0: I don't know. No, you're right, though, because it, cause it might be
1: bad. But I feel like that's so bad for your general employees that it's like you just have to have ways of stopping that or else mm. it's
0: but the thing with, brutal. The thing that would stop that would be You can't just have a business based on the first people have to learn enough to operate the machines to to, to be like you have to have people who know enough.
2: So it's unlikely that. And I guess you also want to come from a place of no one wants to work for a company that's working off fear. True. And if it's like a feared workplace, then if you start to slack off, or Mm -hmm. like let's say something happened in your family, something happened in your life, and now your work's starting to deteriorate, Mm -hmm. you don't just get fired. So I don't know. That's a tough question. What do you do because if you're like if you're that guy or girl who started that business what's to tell you you don't have ultimate control yeah. of what happens in your business yeah but then you have people like hey you need to rights. <laughs> it's like but well, we kind of had that
1: you know pre-unions right true and that was the issue that's why there was all those strikes and all those labor laws introduced because it didn't really work
0: but I bet you unions, as they were originally formed, like the first unions, probably mm-hmm. had a better balance of, oh, definitely. we're just here to protect definitely. you. We're not here to take anything we can get. Like every – like the, the natural human desire is, okay, we've got unions. What can we get next? You know, if you're the workers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's – That's a tough one. You have to have 50% of the people advocating for unions and 50% <laughs> of the people yeah. advocating for no unions. So it's like, okay, we can't move either way. Yeah. It's, it's an equal battle. Hmm. I sometimes think about that in terms of my political beliefs. Like, sometimes you, I think, okay, I'm just a part of this massive human picture, wherein there's a bunch of people pulling one way and a bunch of people pulling the other way. I, I shouldn't be mad or anything at people pulling the other way because if I if I didn't have them, I'd pull too far. Yeah, you know, like mm. I, I need the people need who are the, arguing against me. The Sith and the Jedi.
2: You the natural balance. <laughs> True,
0: you do. I think natural that's the... Yin,
2: yang, Sith, Jedi, whatever yeah. you want to say. We've Those... seen that forever in life. Quality, uh-huh. dualism. Gotta have the good to have the bad. Gotta have the bad to have the good. Mm. But, I don't know. Yeah, what...
1: <sighs> I think maybe it's stretched too far, though, that people are pulling
0: too far in opposite directions. Mm. And too hard, maybe? Too hard. Mm. That's what I mean. Not too far. Definitely. To that's a good point, actually, because if you tell people... Okay, it's, yeah, you, you, if you calm people down, we can still have the same homeostasis, mm-hmm. but we're only pulling half as hard, and people are half as angry. Yeah,
1: but I think that's just based on not being able to see the other side's perspective mm-hmm. very
0: well.
2: Mm-hmm. Classic.
0: I'm <laughs> telling you, you got a lot of experience with that. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
2: Well, just like being raised oh. Christian, mm-hmm. conservative. You know, you just get told that the other side's like the enemy. And, that, and that's what it all comes down to is everyone's so polarized that the other team, the other side, it's another side. Yeah, why? But it's like, side? it's not another side. You're still human. You're still the same as me. We were both born into this world. We didn't choose this. Mm-hmm. But now we're being forced, essentially, to choose a side. And we all know what happens when that happens. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my goodness. <sighs> not good. Not good. Yeah. And I think also people, what, what we can
0: all use is humility in terms of what we think we know. Mm. like a lot of people will say this is the case and maybe I I mean some people are going to listen to this and think what are you talking about Braden you always have the strongest opinion. (laughs) (laughs) but I think especially on really fraught issues where it's clear like that there's no answer right why does everyone feel like especially what we need to ask ourselves what qualifies us to have those opinions yeah like anyways now we're getting to that's a good point though (laughs) that's a good point how do you stay open? That's mm-hmm. a good question. That's, that's a really good question because drugs. hopefully you get to a certain point when you're older that you ha- you've made some decisions. You know, like I've, I've concluded some mm-hmm. things about life and you're not going to persuade me otherwise because I've
2: learned them the hard way. Yeah. yeah. But then how do you balance that with staying open to learning? I don't think, because definitely our age is that like 23, 22. That's that time where you're <sighs> probably your most open ever because you finally, you've been raised in a angle or a side mm-hmm. and then you're finally like coming to question that mm-hmm. and then you get pulled into the middle where you're like okay i need to be open to all these new things mm-hmm. i need to look at all these scenes i was oblivious to <laughs> sure. but then as you age and you start to get a little jaded then how do you always come back to that openness that's what i'm trying to figure out mm-hmm. right now Is like how can you always stay open how can you always not think that you're right and that there's always another perspective to look at and to think about mm-hmm. How do you do that?
1: Hmm. Do you think like it's important, even if you have conclusions, that you're open to change them? Or do you think it's it's just as important to have some conclusions, but be sure of them, you know? And that's the thing, is how... Like, so how, how would you really know which is which, and I think it's kind of important to always be open to the idea that your conclusion could change. Mm-hmm. But then again, maybe then you just aren't sure about anything if you're
0: thinking oh, that way. Right. And that's... Yeah. I come to that a lot where it's like, I'm I'm so willing to be persuaded by some things that mm-hmm. it's like I'm, I'm always waffling and I never have any opinions marked. Like so yeah. I never
2: get anywhere. That's me. Mm-hmm. Like I'll literally be able to tell myself in my head, I'll have an opinion and then it'll be like, oh, well I can see all the faults in that opinion. And like, <laughs> oh wait. Oh yeah. Oh no. Oh no. Like, oh, if you know me, you know if you have a conversation mm-hmm. with me and it'll be like, or maybe... Yeah. like literally if you've listened to the first like 20 minutes of this podcast every time at the end of my sentences i say well oh, i don't know and it's just like i like that though i don't know why i do that, that. but it's like literally like i can't not for some reason because i guess that means like i don't want to be wrong so you have that like i don't know but it's like oh it's like that's a, a whole other level, that's a whole other level because it's like oh my gosh it's actually
1: so funny there was one time we're, we're hanging out and brandon was like <laughs> uh i'm not sure if i have like any strong opinions or do I? <laughs> and,
2: it like, and it was literally like, oh my goodness, my brain is so weird. You yeah. don't even have a strong opinion about whether you yeah. have a strong opinion. I know. It's like, geez, what's going on? What's going on? But I, yeah, that's always a funny time.
0: But at least I'd be there and saying, I know I don't have any strong opinions.
2: That's even I worse. Guess. It like, i you're saying I 100%. guess.
0: I, <laughs> be so I 100% much. don't have any strong opinions. But that's the same thing as saying a lot of people will tell you, doesn't matter what you do as long as you're happy, because there is no right way to do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. there is no right way to think. That itself is a statement. That they're saying that's the right way to think is that there's no right way to think. Oh gosh, paradoxes, man. <laughs> I know, I know. You know, we won't get too into that because I'm sure people <laughs> don't want to go. Um, you guys, you guys know Vsauce. Yeah. Yep. I think one of our books called Oh, what's our? There are two errors in in the title of this book. It's getting. They pick. They do these packages. Vsauce does the like the consumer packages. Okay. I don't know. I don't know enough about it, but one of our books, one of Broadview's books, is going in that. Oh, really? It's called There Are Two Errors in the Title of This Book. And there's only oh, one like error. It. Yeah. So then there's one error, so it's wrong. But then there's two errors, so mm-hmm. it's right.
2: Sneaky. Um,
0: yeah. It's I, I. It's an interesting book, but it strikes me. I don't. I brought this up because I thought, oh, people don't want to hear about that. But I think there actually is. That's a fun thing to think about for puzzles and paradoxes
2: that you just. Go around and around and around. Yeah. You can get into a mental loop of just, oh my goodness, what do we do? I don't mm-hmm. know. What's one? Let's hear.
0: Well, the, the best ones are like, this is a lie, right? Yeah. Because oh, if it's true, it's, it's a lie. But if it's a lie, then it's true. So it's... That you know, makes sense. Yeah. Um, but you, the worst are when you get that with really, really... complex ideas like there's uh, I, I didn't take a lot of chinese philosophy when i was in school but there's a lot of chinese philosophy that's really complicated hmm. and um paradoxical that's very
2: interesting mm-hmm. i've never looked into that at all no you won't get. you won't get. <laughs> <laughs> i
0: don't, don't pull it up i've looked i've looked into it and i still have no i'm not qualified at all to uh say anything about it hmm what's that
1: I was looking up paradoxes, and then I was like, ah, it's just... I
0: no, you know, let's do it. Let's look up paradoxes.
1: All right, because I was reading an Ask Reddit thread, I think, like, last week. That was about paradoxes, so it's just funny that it was brought up.
0: Okay, so here's the definition. A seemingly absurd or self-contradictory statement that when investigated or explained may prove to be well-founded or true. Oh, it's a long definition. <laughs> that's over my head. <laughs> and, you, and usually, it's funny because you loosely Google something and it's like yeah. four words. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Try. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do one example. Let's do one example. All right. Unless you guys want. Unless you guys don't want to go no. down that. Right. Um.
1: I got a good example. Okay. People that say I don't like that place. No one goes there
2: anymore because it's always too crowded. Whoa. Oh. No one goes there anymore. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, I feel like you
0: hear that Mm -hmm. decent amount. You do, and that's that's a daily one where it's like, okay, wait, I didn't think about
1: it. (laughs) Or it's just like in New York, Mm. you know, people don't drive because there's too much traffic.
2: Yes. Okay. (laughs) Or like, oh man, Thailand used to be so nice when there wasn't all the visitors, but no one goes anymore. Like, yeah. what do you think what do you think yeah, yeah there's no one goes there anymore because there's too many there's too many t <laughs> all around yeah I was like well people are still going there what do you <laughs>
0: dang it is that like maybe the cool kids aren't going there anymore
2: oh okay yeah you guys know is there
0: Yogi Bearisms,
2: Yogi, heard those? Bearisms. Yogi Bearisms
0: Yogi bears. I thought oh, there was those, those sorts of things
2: oh like Mandela effects are you talking oh
0: about that's about? a different thing too funny well I thought the Yogi Bear thing was oh, a Mandela effect oh that's the Bearstein Bears oh,
2: I just heard Bear and so I was like yeah, oh yeah.
0: Wait, Yogi Berra? Was Yeah, he was a baseball player, I think. Yogi Berra. Oh. And he apparently, he he said a lot of things that were, kind of sounded ridiculous, but they were sort of true to
2: life sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Is he the guy who was like sometimes it be like it is, but sometimes it do? I don't know. I remember hearing that one. I was like, what? What? Um, Yogi Berra.
0: Hmm. I don't. I don't. I'm not a big baseball guy, but. Uh, Let's see, the best one is, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. That's (laughs) that's the highest rated one. Um,
1: When you come to a fork in the road, take it.
0: But these aren't really paradoxes. This one's, it it ain't, or you can observe a lot by, just by watching. It's like deja vu all over again. Yeah, these aren't paradoxes, they're just kind of, there's like
2: ways the English language can be. That's wild. Oh, that's another thing. Do you guys ever, do
0: you ever not know a word? And you look it up, and it sends you to another word, and you look that up, and it sends you back to the first word? Uh, no. I feel
2: like I'm not looking up as much vocabulary as you. <laughs> okay. I think my brain just didn't understand it, because okay. all I could think of was state of the art. What the heck? I had to Google that word, because I was like, why the heck do we say state of the art? State of the art. What does that even mean? But everyone knows that state of the art means, like, high quality... Premium, like it's the best you can get, but state of the art. I was just like looking at the individual words, mm-hmm. state of the art, and I was like, this does not make any sense. Why is this, why is this the state of art? It was
0: just like weird. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, don't know. I think that one I want to know how to because I think that one means it's the current state, the current cutting edge of any particular art. So like, if it's oh. if it's masonry, the current what people are currently doing in masonry,
2: mm-hmm.
0: like it's up oh, to there date. You go, maybe
2: I don't know. That makes sense. Yeah. I just remember looking it up and I was like, how words lose meaning but mm-hmm. the individual word itself we just carried it through. Yeah. It's like Or like uh, I was reading a uh, decimate. Everyone thinks decimate means to be like completely destroyed. But if you look up the word decimate it means to like cut down to like one tenth. <laughs> so it's like, it's like decis- yeah, decimate. So it's like take something and cut off a tenth. So it's like if you had an army and you decimated a tenth of the population because this is something they did in like Roman times mm-hmm. if like a oh. uh, band of the army failed or something they'd decimate a tenth of the army but then everyone's like oh you got decimated destroyed
0: destroyed,
2: obliterated so it's just, like, it's just so funny how these words lose their meaning of what they're intended but since the way people use them did you have to take a nursing philosophy course? yes did you enjoy it? Uh, yeah. healthcare ethics I didn't like the part where we just had to write papers and stuff like that. But it was, it was definitely fun and it definitely brought up some very interesting conversations because I know why they have that class because there's a lot of people who definitely don't have a empathetic side or they just don't understand the other side. So mm-hmm. it makes sense why we had that class, but it was kind of just like, oh my goodness. This is like, what, what was one we talked about? It was, uh, should you allow people to die on their own? And it's called, like, made medically, assisted, uh, medically assisted dying or something like that. Like, I like, say, you used to have someone who's, like, in a motorbike accident and they're in a coma. And um, they have a pre-written uh, note saying that if this happens to me, mm-hmm. I want to be not put on life support. So this was, like, a huge thing people had to battle with because there's so many things you have to look into ethically... On like um, What is The right age You can make that decision And what is the right How do you tell if someone's like Intelligent enough let's say Like they went through All these different things that like humans have The most intelligence and then you have like Dolphins which have like a little bit less intelligence And then you have like monkeys a little bit less than that But um, It was all coming down to like Okay you have a 12 year old Who has this disease where Mm. their body literally can't move without pain. And this is just like a terrible, terrible situation to be in. Mm -hmm. And they just don't want to live anymore. And it'd be like, but they're 12. Mm -hmm. They're not smart enough to be able to make that decision. Or they're not old enough to make that decision. Or Or you've got someone... Yeah, so development. So it was like, it comes down to like, okay, well, who, how do we tell if you're in a spot? Because if you were that 12-year-old and you were living in pain... And that was the most pain, like, this is, like, very end circumstances. Like, you you don't have that will to live anymore because you're in so much pain. Mm-hmm. It was, like, who on this earth is allowed to dictate who's allowed to live and who's not allowed to live? That's, good, that's a good question. So it was, like, if you were that 12-year-old and you were in a lot of pain and you didn't want to live anymore, it was, like, okay, are you making a, a naive decision? Or I guess this, the 12-year-old wasn't in, like, a lot of pain. It's just, like, a, say, like, uh, physically they were healthy, but mentally they were very Ooh, unwell. And that was gets like, harder. I, I don't wanna live anymore. And it's like, okay, well, can we put restrictions on who's allowed to make that decision? Mm-hmm. So it was a very hard one. Cause it's like, oh my goodness, you did not wanna like, it's definitely an unanswerable question. Cause
0: like. Yeah, but in a certain, to a certain extent, we kind of have to answer it for laws. Yeah. But you're right. It is, and that's, these are the types of questions where I hate it when people have this like opinion. And they mm-hmm. don't want to hear it. Right. They don't want to hear any alternatives because yeah, it's clearly a really hard. Because on the one hand you think, okay, well, it's it's her body. Yeah. It's her life. She's yeah. the one in pain, She wants to end it. Yeah. No skin off your nose. Yeah. Then you think, as a parent, as a yeah. concerned member of the community, mm-hmm. she she doesn't have the life experience yet to know that pain is temporary. Yeah. Or that in a lot of cases, you look back in ten years and think, wow. I'm not in that pain that I was, and I thought I'd be in forever. Mm -hmm. Like, things can feel so impossible in the moment, and you realize in in time, the time really changes things.
2: Like, there's that thing about um, they took all a bunch of the people who had jumped off the San Francisco Bridge, and the ones who survived, the moment they jumped, they're like, oh, crap. (laughs) I regret this. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't live to tell the tale, but it just really... Really shows you the importance of mental health and really checking in on your like friends and making sure everyone that we open up this mental health talking platform. Cause I was not aware of mental health at all until I got into the nursing program, and it was just like I still am very uneducated on it. But you have to do this mental health rotation when you're in the nursing program. It just it just blows me away how just cause you can't see it. Just because no one talks about it, something like that, that people just write it off as something that doesn't exist. And I think this is something that I'm so excited that everyone's kind of, we're getting there very slowly. We're getting there. But I think there's still got to be a lot of work. So what can we do to maybe get this thing more open about mental health? This is a good topic we could start talking about. Mm-hmm. Cause exactly start. Mental health. (laughs) Uh, For no reason, I'm very
1: little about mental health, which might be the biggest issue. But I feel like it's always improving. Everyone is becoming or starting to realize that mental health can be even more important than physical health. Mm -hmm. Like I know you always say, even at the hospital, like people are gonna improve faster if they have like the mental capacity because they want to improve. Mm -hmm. Or my mom always says, people in rehab, like if they want to work hard and they want to improve, then it all comes just from the mind, like Mm -hmm. not just from the physical, which I think is really interesting.
0: Okay, now here's the danger. You guys might not, like building on that. Yeah. What if, are there risks of a conversation that puts people, like the more we talk about mental health, the more people, we have to be careful because if you talk about it as if it's this thing that's happening to someone, Mm-hmm. then people might feel like they lose control over it and then as soon as you feel like you're suffering with something you don't have any control over then you're less likely to, it's like the, the trampoline flip thing as soon as oh, he realizes I, it's possible
2: yeah he's like oh I can flip so it's like are you talking about like the the labeling the damage of labeling
0: yeah and like what's, the, what's the
2: word um, um,
0: when you like diagnosing someone yeah um, oh yeah because as soon as you think oh like you're suffering from X now it's this thing oh, that's unbelievable yeah and it's not
2: like you're, I don't know. It, I think there's, it's very, it's so tricky is what it really I comes know. down to because yeah. it's like we, we spent so much time in, sci- in scientific literature focusing on what we can see and the physical. Mm-hmm. And like, this is one thing I'm always so confused about is people won't even bat an eye if you change the, the rate of flow your heart's pumping at, or if you change the, the amount of your blood vessels. Opening and closing. Like if you you take a medication for that, that's fine. But if you take a medication to help with your depression or help with your anxiety, it's like, (gasps) what are you doing? And it's just this bias of what we can fix and what we can't fix. And just because it's your brain doesn't mean that you can't do things medically to fix it. It's just like such a weird thing how people have this thing where it's like you can change something about your heart, you can change something about your lungs. Like, Like let's say you're asthmatic or you got like COPD and you're taking these. Uh, inhalers and stuff like that. People are like, oh yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like you were born this way. That's always the excuse they use for the brain. It's like, oh, you were born this way. Mm-hmm. But then if you're asthmatic, it's like, oh, you were born this way. Of course we can fix this. Well, and it's so like, do you think, like, in a way, I can
1: see an argument where any medication that affects your brain is different because it affects the way that you think. That's true. That's true. Like I can see that being. A bit
2: of an argument, but I, I do think it's still surprising yeah, a little bit. I definitely want to state that I do think that pharmacotherapy is not, like, the only way, right? Like, I think there is a huge um, problem going on where it's, there's not enough studying going on. Mm-hmm. There's not enough investigating going on. and You can just cover up the problem. But um, that's definitely how we're going to get there, though, I think, is by realizing, realizing our mistakes Cause like if you look at like medicine through history, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, the nineteen hundreds, you could get anything. You could get like cocaine for a cough, and people were like, "Oh yeah, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> this, <laughs> I feel awesome." Oh <laughs> or you'd get methamphetamines, and it'd be literal meth. And these housewives were going crazy because they're like, "Look at all the stuff I can get done. Mm. This is amazing." So and it was. definitely. I don't know all the answers for, like, pharmacotherapy and stuff like that. And it's just, we we got to get there somehow. Mm-hmm. And the only way we can know is by giving it to people and seeing how it works. <laughs> and sadly, that's the, whoa, that's the <laughs> only way, kind of, like, that's not my take, really, in terms of how we can deal with it. But it's like, I just want us to hopefully get to a spot where we can open up that conversation more and get it to all age groups. Because we are now like the first generation that's starting to talk about it starting to get that motion going but you'll talk to some 80 year olds in the hospital and it's doesn't exist six-year-olds does exist four-year-olds does exist but here's
0: the thing though are we better off for it
1: so you're saying ignorance might have been bliss
0: well it's not even just it, it, well, in some ways but it's almost like people say oh you, if you're up, happy, power through, get, fulfill your obligations. Right. Yeah. And the same thing with marriages. Hmm. Like, oh, a lot of, we look at our grandparents and think, man, a lot, of, I'm not saying, hey, G&G, you're great. <laughs> you have yeah. a marriage. Um, <laughs> but like, you, you, <laughs> you look at, uh, you look at people, a lot of us look at people in the old generation and say, oh yeah, look at them, they're in this loveless marriage. Right. Or they didn't have, but then at least they're still in the marriage. That's true. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, they still have a companion when they're 75. That's true. Whereas, A lot yeah, of I don't give up too easy. And I don't know if I see, and maybe you could say, oh, we just haven't gotten into it enough yet. Hmm. I don't know that I see the effects, the proposed benefits of all like the, like, I just don't see any. It's not like we, it's not like there's this graph and it's like everyone over the age of 25, crazy mental illness. Everyone under the age right. of 25 who's talking about it. No mental no, illness, sure. you know? Yeah.
2: Um, and maybe you could say, oh, we're going to see the effects in 30 years. Mm-hmm. But who knows, I don't know. But it's gonna all come down to like diagnostic testing on how we figure it out. Cause that's gonna be where we, once we have like answers of what's going on, like I think like Neuralink could really open up. Oh, that's scary. Waves of, <laughs> for like mental health. Cause if you look at the brain, as just a bunch of chemicals. And uh, like, I remember my teacher would always say like, most mental health is just an imbalance of chemicals that's what it is your instructor like your yeah my professor would be like it's an imbalance of chemicals and that's it Mm -hmm. don't question it don't look into like oh this person is depressed because of what life has thrown at them it would be like it's just an imbalance of chemicals you got taught that that's where i got taught wow because that seems seems radical to me because i would always want to like looking at something, you know, you get the patient chart, and you get their story, and you'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, no wonder they're here, you know, no wonder they're in this situation. But that's just me being naive and not understanding at all, because that's not the reason they've gotten to the spot. It's that their brain is at an imbalance, and we got to try to find that balance. And that's where the, the pharmacology comes in. But then it's like, uh, I can't figure out my stance on that really right now, because it's like, we're so young in that area but i don't know is that the dominant p- opinion in, in in nursing
0: that like that everything's just purely imbalanced. there's like we gotta we gotta get rid of we gotta we gotta get rid of the context of their life yeah and just treat the, the perceived chemical imbalance
2: mm-hmm. that's what hmm. they're trying to say because it's like everyone's gonna react to everything in life differently everything's gonna be like there's so many differences between Things that get you down and being down for no reason. Like, yeah, oh definitely. So yeah. that's where like I was coming in and I was like I know nothing. Still know nothing. But um, that's what my teacher was always saying was like no, this is just an imbalance of chemicals and we're trying to set it back through a various ways. Be it medication, lifestyle changes, but I don't know. It's a very interesting topic. And it's like, (laughs) like oh man, I could talk for days because it's like, man, just hearing other people's experiences. And I just know that right now, it seems like everyone is always on edge because of like the pandemic, let's say, Mm -hmm. but everyone's on edge and everyone's stress levels are already at an increased level. And everyone's kind of like forgotten about what's going on. So... I've been definitely, like, getting worn out from just, like, let's say, empathy overload or whatever, from mm-hmm. just, like, just, there's just too many sad things going on right now. Mm-hmm. And then once you start talking to other people, it's like, hey, I'm in the same boat. And there's, like, that that human connection of not feeling isolated or feeling alone. Because I think everyone can relate with that, that mm-hmm. everyone just wants to have a sense of belonging, something like that. And so... Hopefully we can just keep pushing forward and get to a spot where we're able to talk about these things because it's not going to solve the problem just talking about it, but it's definitely going to help with feeling not so isolated. I've got a a question, Question. I might be
1: alone in this, but I feel like the more I learn about different mental illnesses, I feel like I have one of those mental illnesses. Right, oh. And I I don't think I'm alone in this, like just going through like taking psychology and stuff. I feel like a lot of people feel this way. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, was, I don't know. Do you think that's true?
2: I remember and thinking, it's so...
0: Going through like the DSN thinking, ah, got it. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out. Got no, it. Exactly. <laughs> got right. it. Because you like, yeah, you know, keep going. But it's not, I'm not saying, oh, I'm not necessarily saying, oh, this is horrible. Like, yeah, I'm not. it's not a negative thing, but it's just interesting. So are you saying then that is there potentially a danger of if we ha- make names for all these things that it would sort of be that recurring cycle of it reaffirms this idea that you have this pattern thinking. Yeah,
1: maybe. Or are you just
0: pointing up. I don't know. Maybe it's
1: not negative, but I think it could be. If hmm. like it could just lead to the same overdiagnosing of certain labels. Like I think there was a bit where people were saying people were being overdiagnosed with ADHD.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I think that could lead. Oh. Similarly to. It definitely can analysis. have its
2: repercussions, cause like without context the DSM-5 is nothing mm-hmm. like any medical book is nothing because if you don't have that context being pulled in and like you that is why we have like psychiatrists and got all these people um, psychologists who are going to school because that is what they're learning how to take this and how to apply it but i definitely yeah i think that's just like a human thing to just want to yeah. label yourself with something cuz yeah, I definitely read a textbook. I'm like, oh, I got this. Oh, I got that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what's changed? Nothing. Nothing's changed. True. I haven't... Now I'm just more aware, but now I'm more confused. And Well, maybe you'll read it and you'll go,
1: oh, I have this. These are the symptoms. And then you'll go to a doctor and say, oh, I have these symptoms.
0: Right. Oh. And you diagnosed with something. Shoot. I Did you get to that? I do that with like not just... I do that when I have physical oh, symptoms. I think everybody does. Yeah.
2: So. Yeah. You just want to go to Google. Like sometimes i think like, MD. do I have
0: ALS? Do I have like all these crazy mm-hmm.
2: things? I mean, that's- And just think about them as the same physical, mental, same kind of playing field in terms of, you're gonna wanna, you're gonna freak out. You're gonna do these things. Cause yeah, even I do it. I'll be like, oh, what's going on? What's going <laughs> on? And it will be like, this is normal. This is normal for myself. Here's the real question. Not the real, I mean, there's all a <laughs> real,
0: cool. real question. question. Here's the question. It's like, okay, so we have, and, we Western medicine treats the body, a lot like a machine that you can kind of fix. Yeah. Eastern medicine probably more so holistic approaching. I would say yeah. So do you think one of them is right or wrong? Like do you think okay we have it in Western society we have it like in a lot of ways we can we can very um. Competently treat things like yeah. like like with antibiotics or with oh, vaccines yeah. all these yeah. things that really have a tangible effect. Mm-hmm. But some of the things I feel like we're less adept at solving then. A holistic approach where it's like where where you go to the doctor and say I'm depressed and they'll say exercise, meditation, herbal Mm -hmm.
2: tea, those sorts of things. Yeah. I don't don't know. I don't know what I'm on an Eastern doctor. I would say definitely (laughs) there's benefits in both sides and we need to utilize both sides Mm -hmm. because even the placebo effect, everyone knows how strong that is. At least most people, I'd say, have a good understanding of like the placebo effect is very, very strong. If you think it's going to work it could definitely show you benefits.
0: Like But that's what I think that's what you're saying too though. If you can go both ways where it's like if you think, oh I have if you start expecting these symptoms. True. That's a dangerous
2: that's a dangerous train. Anxiety and oh. if you like we got this thing called white coat syndrome. And it's when you're oh. getting your blood pressure checked, you're gonna naturally get a raise in blood pressure. <laughs> because for one, you're nervous because there's a doctor. Yeah. For mm-hmm. two you're, you're scared something's going on so you you start to mm-hmm. you, you get that anxiety you get that stress response so it's a little test that's, that's a bad reading because now you're already increased blood pressure mm-hmm. and it's like oh okay now, now you got here's blood pressure medication and it's like but that's why these doctors go to school to take things from context and figure out where they're at because you need like a baseline you need a long two week period let's say and then that's how you're going to make your questions but what were you saying previous to that well I was going to say oh, earlier early. Early. oh e- okay e- that's what you're talking about right yeah. Eastern, Eastern One
0: essence. thing you said earlier was treat treat the mental. We we need to treat the mental more like it's the physical or in that okay, you got high blood pressure, you get the medication for it. Mm-hmm. No stigma, medication for mental disorder disorders, medication for uh, physical disorders. But I, I might say like, oh, if like should we be are we over prescribing for even physical things? Possibly. Yes. Like like hell, should we even money go to <laughs> True. And that's the thing. Should we even money. go to blood pressure medication before we say three hours of exercise a week for six months yeah you know I mean I don't, I don't I'm not I'm no 100% 100%, but 100% mean, that's not obvious
2: to me and that's a problem it's always like oh man how are these pharma companies they're pushing doctors to sell their product instead of actually not being lazy and figuring what the problem is because mm-hmm. there's so many reasons why you could have an increased blood pressure let's say mm-hmm. or a high blood pressure and there's so many ways you could treat that. Mm-hmm. Let's say you like have sleeping problems. Like I always want to go to the lifestyle. Like what can we do in your lifestyle to kind of fix gotta be the right. problem? That's got right, like, to be right, doesn't it? Because like that's the that's the holistic no, side true. they're trying to teach you. Because mm-hmm. you could literally have uh, a block in your heart that's blocking the signal mm-hmm. from the top to the bottom mm-hmm. to accurately pump that blood around your heart. You Mm -hmm. can definitely have that going on, and then we have a medication, or you're gonna do a surgery, or you're gonna get a pacemaker. You know, we have all these crazy, awesome, Western society things, but it's not always gonna be the answer. True. Because if you have someone who doesn't have that thing, but then they're also getting a pacemaker, it's like, well, maybe you just have too much sodium in your diet, or maybe you just don't have enough sodium, and that's why your heart's going So, I don't know.
1: Well, I think that's partly looking at how they, the reason for the issue, right? Right. Instead of treating the issue, treat why this mm. issue is there right like mm. they might have a heart problem because they haven't exercised in 10 years yeah. right <laughs> yeah so don't just treat the heart problem but get them outside exercising mm-hmm. on a better diet or something right like
0: totally so That's... it might
1: go hand in hand
0: and then you think of okay that moment that critical moment of diagnosis comes with 10 minutes in a doctor's yeah. office and yeah. it's like That's and then crazy. you have the six years of taking medication after 10 minutes of diagnosis
1: yeah
2: it's so crazy. That's why you're I hate going in. to the doctor. Mm.
1: I, I hate. I don't know. I feel like when you go to the doctor, you have this five-minute slot, mm-hmm. and you tell them the symptoms, and they immediately make a call on. I'm gonna give you these antibiotics, and then we'll check in in two weeks, and mm-hmm. that's all it is. Yeah, and it's like
2: because they don't got the time.
1: It's like you're literally just giving me antibiotics for this problem. Why is this problem there? Yeah, um, you continue to just have this issue. Yeah, like you stop the like, cycles going on like you know what have i been doing
0: in my life that's been making yeah. this problem manifest itself
1: like a few years ago i got tonsillitis and i was sick for like three weeks mm-hmm. and i lost like 25 pounds or something crazy it was brutal whoa and all they did was prescribe me antibiotics and then it didn't help for another week and it's like well i'm out here like struggling mm-hmm. and you know maybe more than a five minute that the five-minute doctor's appointment would be nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I'm losing power, weight that I can't afford to lose, really.
2: Yeah, and that's where our healthcare system fails us because you can't make any decision like that. Plus, you're seeing so many patients. Plus, no one likes to think of the doctor as a human. Maybe they're hungry. Like, True. there was a stat I looked at, and it was, like, see, stats, blah, stats, 80% this of stats are made up. <laughs> but uh, there was one thing where it was, like, if you went to the doctor near the end of their shift or near the end where the lunch break is going to be you're going to be way more likely to get prescribed a drug than you would be prescribed lifestyle things because lifestyle things take way longer to explain Mm. and I was blown away because I was like that makes so much sense that makes so much sense if you like need to go to the bathroom or you need to you need to eat and like you're just so bogged down with all these patients and it's like oh my goodness okay yeah just take this thing get out of here yeah take this thing get out of here take this thing get out of here so it's the one thing that you could take away from this is you got to advocate for yourself cuz no one's going to advocate for you. That's the thing. Go in with a list to your doctor. Yeah. Don't assume that they are going to have the right answer. Like if you have a question and you're you're like kind of something seems off, push. You have to push. That's one thing I've learned that like as a nurse we have to advocate for our patients and think about what they would want because a lot of the time you got all these things like I know everybody when they're in the hospital they're always like oh yeah they they know what's best and I don't want to be a bother and stuff but I'm like no you're. we're here to treat we're here to serve you mm. like it's not about me it's not about my day it's not about oh I want to get all these things done in a day oh I've got all these tasks if you need something that is why I'm there and if I'm not going to do it then I should not be there in the first place so if there's one thing you can take away is Please, you gotta advocate for yourself. Please, you gotta ask questions. Try to come up with some questions that you don't know. Like, everyone's afraid of looking dumb, but like, how are you gonna know? How are you gonna figure that out?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and I've fallen prey to it too, where I like go to the doctor and it'll be like, I have three questions I want to ask, and I only get one out. I'm already out the door, and I'm like, Yeah, uh, uh, what did I do? What? Did, what went wrong? I just
1: have the prescription for an yeah. antibiotic, and I went, Wait,
2: what? Was like, <laughs> Wait a second. Everything I wanted to do, because. You're nervous too. You know, you can't beat yourself up for that. You're nervous being there. You you don't want to be there. And it's... You think they got all the answers, but then... I've had (laughs) a doctor, like, Google right in front of me. I was like, don't Google right in front of me. I I know you know what you're doing, but, like, this is not helping me in my... Oh, this is scaring me. So it's like, if there's anything, ask questions. Ask for pamphlets. Like, ask for things... Because that's going to be the first step. Because they they just end up getting to a spot where they just assume you know. Or they assume that this is common knowledge. Mm-hmm. Which I guess you can relate with that with anything. It's like when someone says something like they didn't know and you're like, what? You're like, how did you not know that? I thought that was common knowledge. But that's one thing. you got to stand up for yourself. Because I know I'm terrible at it. Because I don't want to be seen as a bother. I don't want to be seen as a pest. I don't want to waste their time. Yeah, yeah, that's but really that's the job. That's what they're being paid for. Like, that's the job. You better bother them. You better pest them. Because that's how you're going to get the best care. Is if you're fighting for yourself. That's kind of like,
0: kind of sad. Like, I, I know. I was, and when, when you were talking, I was my my head was going to, well, what percentage of the care we receive is a, is a function of the fact that we have health care, uh, universal health care because mm-hmm. then it makes it more likely you will go in for anything right. because, like, people who are taking their time off with, oh. with colds, oh. because they can. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people I know who are in the old generation, older generation who are, like, in the doctor it seems like two or three times a month mm-hmm. with things that probably
2: should not be... Exactly. Um, That's, like hypochondriacs are there. They're just chronic Me? worries. So it's like this <laughs> month. <laughs> that's why the the system we kinda need we need more places yeah. where you can go or maybe make a phone call, like nurse practitioner's office. We need more of those that you're not gonna be waiting an hour to get a quick little checkup because we have so many people going to emerge for things that they should not be going to eMERGE for. And they should just make an appointment. Definitely. And then you've got someone who needs to be in eMERGE but they've got to wait a bunch of times. But Then this pulls into the question that everyone's as lucky as I am, that they can just have that decision. There's a bunch of people who don't have a doctor. There's a bunch of people who, um, like, socioeconomically, like, the things that kind of make it who you are, income, environment that you live in, maybe you don't live in a safe environment. You know, all these things that we can look at, like, you're going to have someone who's going to always be coming to the eMERGE for, like, an insulin shot because, like, they can't afford or they're spending their money on like cigarettes or something like that. Like you, you can't blame them for that. You can't like, cause there's a level of understanding like, okay, you know, life wasn't as nice to you as it was to me. Like I was very gifted in what I was given my setting, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's definitely, we got to figure out a way cause you're going to have, we're never going to be able to solve that. Like, I feel like everyone can relate when they're in the emerge and you got someone who's like, rolled their ankle mm-hmm. you're like, or they sprained their ankle and not to downplay the pain or anything but it's like hey then you've also got a kid who is having a real bad problem because I can't think of anything super severe that's worse than that <laughs> but like a broken like, ankle yeah let's say okay there you go yeah. so they got a broken ankle okay. and now they're, they're sitting in a waiting room longer sure. than they should mm-hmm. not being treated and that's just a place that's close to my heart because I'm like oh my gosh I've definitely been in the emergency room a lot. And Mm. you're going to also have, like, think about the worry if you have a kid, you know? You're going to all, you want the best for them. You Mm -hmm. want the best care for them. And, like, you get scared and you bring your kids to the emergency and it's like, okay, this is (laughs) fine. So it's like, (laughs) do you think
0: a system, a tiered system would help where it's like, you can pay you can pay for some doctors and then you have doctors available for people who don't aren't paying like universal yeah. doctors
2: or you think, think like you think right, universal right. health care is the answer a lot of people think universal health care is the answer i think we have to have both i think we have to have both because private health care works a lot faster it's because you sound like, like Trump there for a second <laughs> but it's you're into that, that, that weird you it's like
0: <laughs> honestly like, it's, it's the best it's the best healthcare. it's the best <laughs> Life
2: Labs, the best <laughs> Life Labs, killer they do a great job they take the best blood I love that um, they take the best blood like, it, like I didn't realize LifeLabs like, 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 <laughs> Life was like a private company you know and I'm like there, there's so much work that goes in trying to access like you think that all these companies are talking to each other in the healthcare system but they're really not like if you want to get a blood test that you got from like life labs like they gotta like send it to you they gotta figure out a way because healthcare's so private and confidential and you got all these barriers up whereas if it was a completely public system then everyone would be like oh go to this place and then we'll go to this place it could be a lot more streamlined but since we have private companies and we have public like the hospital then that's where we have these problems because private companies do work better Because it's a monetary thing. Yeah, that's the thing.
0: It's incentives. Whether we like it or not, it's like okay, we can have we can have our positions, like our empathetic and compassionate positions about who should be getting healthcare and and everyone should be. Yeah. But ultimately, if it's the case that it's better, faster care if you have a two-tiered system. Yeah. And I mean, like maybe maybe you're poor, but you still want to spend that money to get that X-ray or that ultrasound if you have like a cancer scare or something. Yeah, yeah. And you scrape money together, and you want to be able to have that option. Yeah and not have to wait eight months yeah. or whatever it is. I mean, you don't know how long.
2: I don't know either, but it's like, it's definitely a good question. We don't got a perfect system. I don't know what the perfect system would be, but Scandinavia. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, uh, I don't know. We're I think we're definitely going to see a spot, like, especially in the Nainable, there's going to be more clinics open up where, like, nurse practitioners are able to do more things that you don't just need, like, a doctor for. Totally. And they've got all the knowledge you and- need it's saving time Mm -hmm. it's going to save healthcare money because they're not getting paid as much so it's like we're definitely changing but I definitely can't answer which one's better and I think it's just if we have a healthy both Mm because everyone knows private works faster better stronger all those things because it's like you got money back in it that's true and you got incentives incentives
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Incentives. but the issue is that then people that have the
2: money can get healthcare faster than people that don't have money And should we be paying... I don't know if that's an issue. Like, health. Like, your health should not be something that... If you have money, you can get. And if you don't, you... Like, that's... Like, I can't remember how much this is. But, like, if an ambulance goes and picks you up in, like, the states. Mm -hmm. Like, how much it costs. Or how much it costs just for, like, a bandage. Like, they literally write down everything they charge you. Mm -hmm. And that, just to me, is, like, sickening. That That's true Your health Your health is all you got Really Like that's the only thing Keeping you From life or death Like That's the only thing That's different And I, I don't really think You should We should be monetizing that Cause greed's always Gonna take over for one And like I remember there was One thing my professor Was talking about How Um There was this kid Who came in had like severe two to three or second to third degree burns but there was a super fancy bandage which was two thousand dollars a bandage he ended up using like forty four thousand dollars worth of bandages on this kid worked phenomenally phenomenally but uh, i don't know why i can't speak but uh then after that the like hospital came up to him was like so this was great but uh you better not do that (laughs) ever (laughs) again you better not spend forty four thousand dollars on bandages on a kid and it's like but it worked great he didn't have to live with the scar and he didn't have to live with all that psychological trauma of like he's going to deal with that pain that it, when it happened but like at least he's going to fit in still cuz he doesn't have all these scars and stuff like that like it just kind of brings in the question you now we're balancing again mm-hmm. who can afford it and that's a tough question cuz mm-hmm. where is this money going to come from I don't know anything about politics that's it
0: I, so, I was going to say what strikes me there is you're like, oh, but it's the kid. We gotta spend the 44000 but it's like that $44,000 doesn't just appear. That mm-hmm. comes out of someone else's care. Like There's only so much in terms of resources. Mm-hmm. So it is tough. I just recently had I had spots in my legs or something. It might've been an allergic reaction, but I thought it might've been fleas or- I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I called 811. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just yeah. wanted to know, should I be not going to my friend's houses or cars or anything when I have this potential thing? And I got on with a nurse practitioner pretty quick, Beautiful. and then a doctor on Zoom, within wow. like a, within an hour and a half. Cool. Yeah, like this is so cool the way. Uh, I hope that kind of thing is. I, I think it will. Like yeah. in the future, just why not? And I asked, that's and she so said they sense. brought it in for COVID, mm-hmm. but she said it worked so well, they're planning on keeping it, yeah. which is great. That
2: is like great. imagine, that's so cool that that's happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so cool. Like we got to get away from physically walking in there. Like sure, if you have someone that needs to be looked at, but like we but got, zoom, we, we, we got like four K cameras now that you can you can visually mm-hmm. like that's that's a cool thing that's come out of COVID mm-hmm. is that yeah now we can do things online. There's always some positives out of a really bad negative situation. <laughs> there we go. I'm gonna write that one down. to <laughs> write that one. Because oh, rough. How you guys feeling? When do you
0: think? Pretty much ready.
1: Yeah, I got one more question. Okay. When do you think COVID
0: will be out of our minds and done? Like we'll be going back to normal? Oh, that's a great question. I think, first of all, people. I think people who say, "Oh, this is gonna change the way we interact forever." Yeah. I don't see that being a thing. I mean, we 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 um, adapt to new normals pretty quickly. And I don't think people, if in seven years say COVID's been off the map for a a handful of years, Mm -hmm. we're gonna forget pretty quickly, and we're gonna be hugging. I agree. and kissing and sharing yeah. drinks at social gatherings and those sorts of things
1: because that's what we want to be doing anyway exactly and we're not humans are. Not.
0: yeah totally but it's to your point I think we kind of have a it's too complicated but we have what are the what are the options for COVID to be gone is it is it sort of enough people get it so that it's not passing around much anymore or a vaccine
1: I think the likely option would be a vaccine now.
2: yeah that's what I'm thinking people don't think herd immunity is a thing well I've been seeing things that people have been getting reinfected twice mm-hmm. I don't know I obviously I'm not, like looking into it so much like cause I'm not like an immunologist I don't know enough about that but like yeah I saw I've been seeing things where those was that, doctors that twice that died the
1: second time she got it but people weren't sure if maybe it never left her system but Shit. the times were like four months
2: apart so so certainly maybe. not just a like a yeah a flare up yeah like a, oh, yeah it was weird I think we really just don't know. But yeah, an immunization. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll work. Hopefully it'll work. Let's just Well I let's mean just hope there's no chips in it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I
0: don't advise vaccine. I say anti vax all the way. <laughs> this is a public service announcement? No, I'm <laughs> no, jokes. 100 percent joking. Um, Didn't one of the BC
1: candidates talk about that they think it's gonna be another two years or something?
0: Or another full year uh yeah um was that did i say it was horgan Mm -hmm. i can't remember um someone was saying one of the i think it was john horgan said that he thinks nothing's going to change for at least until next october or some for a year um i think that's likely yeah and i also honestly think in the next bit we're probably gonna have more restrictions because numbers are still climbing here right in canada
1: i i think even if numbers climb, though, they'd be scared to impose more restrictions because That's people want happened. to do what they're doing.
2: Yeah, Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. Christmas, just the general people getting more sick because it's colder outside like that. Mm-hmm. So
1: even if they thought it would be a better decision, I don't think they would, unless they had to.
0: Yeah, I think and even if they do, they should really think about imposing restrictions locally rather than federally. Yeah. But I think... Someone was just telling me a stat the other day, more people died in motor vehicle accidents, accidents in BC than of COVID.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Since, since COVID came yeah, into the... So funny. it's like, at a certain point, you, you, you can say, okay, on Vancouver Island, there's not that many cases. The risk mm-hmm. is very low compared to a place like New York. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be the same. And there's not the same restrictions. Yeah, But I think that's a good thing. I think amplifying that sort of differenti- differentiation between... Um, city areas and rural areas should should definitely be something that we do. Did you? What do you say? When like when do you think gonna be? I think it'll probably be like a year, a year and a
1: half, probably before even a vaccine would come out. Maybe a year by the time it came out. Maybe a year and a half by the time it was really passed around.
2: I just really don't want there to be a fake vaccine that's like <laughs> yeah like are we gonna take a vaccine from some questionable questionable people
0: I I mean as much as I joke I'm not an anti-vaxxer but I would I mean I think we'd all be hesitant to be the, the fir, in the first round of people who took it you know Certainly. Yeah. especially when they can't possibly claim to know the long term effects of anything because it's not been tested like it's yeah. just being concocted now
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: so it'll take a long time to test I guess yeah I'd
1: be afraid of
2: that and like if Russia Russia's got a vaccine. It's like,
3: hmm.
2: <laughs> and <laughs> wait a second. Yo, Russia kind of crazy. I Is this a biochemical warfare going on? What's going to happen? Let's hope not. Obviously, it's all just
1: speculation, though. We have no yeah. idea. No, it's we, true. No, it's, it's true. But it's conspiracies.
2: It would be nice to
0: see. Yeah, actually, I, I don't know what it would be nice to see. Um,. I, I can make no predictions. All right.
2: We'll look back on this in a year. Uh, see where we're at. Before. Yeah.
0: Okay, so, okay. Wait, wait, wait. We should each make a solid prediction. Okay. I, so I want to pick a date. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do dates. Um. I think we won't have a vaccine by October. I think there will be no COVID, COVID vaccine in one year from now. Still. Okay. I would agree. Um. And that's not just um, distribution issues. That's, I don't think there's going to be a, an accepted vaccine by October 25th, we'll say 2021.
1: 20, All right, pick a random date when there is an accepted vaccine, when the news comes out of an accepted vaccine, and we'll see who's the closest. Okay. What do you guys think of that?
2: Yeah, let's do it. Like a vaccine that you can actively get?
1: No, they've just decided that this vaccine is safe to use. Oh. And they will, like, they've already done tests, they've already done trials, and now it'll be. Available, yeah, I guess. But we'll start producing it for
0: availability. Does that make sense? hmm Okay. Here's my thinking. They're gonna be if they don't get it. I don't think they're gonna get it done this flu season. Yeah, I don't think so. But maybe is is maybe in like November. I'm gonna say November 2021. I'm gonna say November 9th. Okay. 2021. That the first vaccine approved vaccine comes out.
2: All right. I'm gonna say. <sighs> I'm going to say sometimes in July 2023 2023 yeah oh dude if we're, if
0: we're strapping in for four years of this I'm out of here <laughs> this, is a, this is a question on optimism <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> I uh I think
1: March 2022 20, mm.
0: wow that's a long time and both of you guys I,
1: I think so I really do a year, a year and just a, a half.
0: guess but yeah I'm completely I hope guessed. I'm wrong but, but we won't and you guys don't think we're going to be at this level until then do you like at this level of it's always on our minds, we're always... I think reasonably it, it's possible Wow, we will be at this level. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think this would be the case
2: back in March? Definitely no way. No. I can't even watch a movie where there's people gathered and I don't go, oh! Yeah. <laughs> can't, <be> like, <laughs> can't do that. Can't yeah. do that. See a like football stadiums filled. I'm like, oh my goodness, I just get like this weird unsettled feeling. Mm-hmm.
1: I remember back in February I was in Amsterdam, and we were like looking at the cases, and there'd be random like one case in this new country, mm-hmm. and we we're like, "Oh, I wonder if this is actually going to affect our lives." And this is the end of February, and then literally one month later, sports are shut down. Everyone's locked down, and it's like, hoof, things kicked off, and went Yeah fast. <laughs> yeah. so fast.
2: But We're a brave bunch of people. This is a pandemic. We're going to go down in history with this one. Well, this is <laughs> history books. Like oh, it's so definitely. weird when I look up like history of the world, it's like twenty twenty. Like what, really? It's I crazy. Yes, mm-hmm. I guess. But it's weird times. Always changes. Like you're saying, we adapt. So
0: imagine if the history books will say in twenty twenty they had a, a relatively harmless pandemic, and then
2: in twenty twenty four the big one came. It could <laughs> totally happened. And wiped out ninety percent. Totally happened. I
0: know. It's really scary.
2: It is really scary because like that's what i don't know where i heard this but it was like talking about how we're we're not in a place of this is gonna be the last pandemic we're getting to a place where this is going to be more and more common Mm, because of population density just yeah all those Mm -hmm. things so it's gonna be like let's just hope the next pandemic doesn't uh, melt your skin when you get it or something like that something crazy Mm -hmm. like you go blind like autoimmune disorders like Mm. that's what i was always saying from the start i was like this is getting people who are already comorbid with other things like obesity or, like diabetic or mm-hmm. things like that that are already putting you in a spot where if you're immunocompromised with like, cancer or stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm kind of thankful that. Yeah, the dark. death rate could be yeah could way be worse. Way worse could be way oh, worse. Definitely. That's what I've been saying from the start. I was like, this could be a way worse symptoms, way worse death toll. Isn't it like two
0: percent. I think it's 2% among the general population, but it's yeah. like less than a half percent among
2: healthy individuals yeah. under 40 or something. Exactly. I, I don't know the, the exact stats, but... Like, not to discredit the pain that people go through well, when they do get COVID, right? Because it's like, I've heard some pretty horrible experiences, but like, there's so much we don't know it seems like. And mm-hmm. you're getting healthy people who are getting struck with crazy symptoms where they can't mm-hmm. even breathe and they're almost... That's so scary. Down, and then you got so elderly people who be in three days and it's like, what? The elderly people? Elderly people.
0: Like... Uh, darn it, the other people are not joking. <laughs> They're rising up. Um, this is. Uh, yeah, I. Big ugly. Imagine a 10%. Like, imagine I like 10% oh, yeah, fatality rate. Yeah, 10%. We,
1: with the same, like, ability for people to get it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that'd be crazy. We we are not. I was gonna say, they are not. And so, imagine if, if those two things come together high fatality, high R not. Oh, scary. Oh, yeah. Anyway, on that happy note, yeah, you know, happy <laughs> almost two hours. Still I played ha- some soccer. That was great. Yeah. Um, well, thank you both for being here. Thanks yeah. for having us. And thank you. Thanks, guys, for listening, uh, those of you who are. And I'll, you'll hear from me again soon. Beautiful. Thanks for listening, guys. This was a really fun one to record. And thanks again for Brendan and Zach for being on. One more thing. I've just created an Instagram account for the podcast at B-P-L-U-S with B-Z. So yeah, follow me there and feel free to send me a DM if you think of someone or you are someone who would like to be on the podcast. Thanks guys. Thanks for listening and I'll see y'all soon.